We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Hey, guys, you want to figure out what Colin knows versus what Colin thinks? That could be fun, right? Am I the only one who thinks it could be fun? Sources confirm that's not fun. No, I, I, I just... <laughs> seems some, some, some blank stares on fun. Sources confirm that's fun. So we're going to see what Colin Coward knows versus what he thinks about Caleb Williams and the Chicago Bears. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're, we're, we're doing well, Colin. Colin, of course, the herd with Colin Coward, the volume. Hey, Colin, um, I remember once when I was working for Sporting News Radio and I was living in Los Angeles, I was walking my dog, listening to you on the radio, and you made an analogy about getting called up to the big leagues. And you were at ESPN Radio at the time and you said, you know, if you work for Sporting News Radio, you want to get... Get the call to ESPN Radio. And I, I wanted to punch you in the mouth through the radio at the time, sir. I don't like your face. It makes me want to do things to it. Now you're in Chicago and you've done well. It's, by the way, I, I'm not trying to be glib. The Sporting News Radio still exists. Uh, it has been in decay. Uh, I believe it's something. It became Yahoo Sports Radio and then SB Nation Radio. So the answer is no. It might, <laughs> I, in some form or fashion. Sounds like the answer is no. Colin, thank you for the time today. Thank you, sir. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good weekend. That's Colin Cowherd of The Volume and Fox Sports 1. Not bad. You're nailing it. Thanks, Randy. Yeah, it means a lot. And I don't know what it is about your face, but I want to deliver one of these right in your suck hole. Is there anything I can do to work on that? No, so you not wouldn't... really. It's your face. And I, again, you know, you're doing great, man. This is the Kettling Wine. Yeah. We're all having a great time. Everybody's having fun. You pulled it off. All right. But if you don't change your face, I'm going to change it for you. Okay. Okay. All I can do is take that in and consider it, and I'll just try to do my best version of whatever I think that would be. I, I don't even hear what you're saying right now because your face okay. is driving me okay. nuts. Thanks again, man. One, two, three, and here we go. Here we go. Here we go, Jack. Here we go, Tony. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. People were big mad about Colin Cowherd. It resonated. It did. Yeah, it resonated a lot. That's okay. Yeah, man. Well, you know, it turns out. As uh, as you had correctly deduced, sir. Yeah. There's a lot of smoke there. There's <laughs> a lot of info there. The delivery mechanism could be questioned. The yeah, 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 yeah. You know, got I'll, a little I'll, sloppy. It got a little sloppy, but clearly there was something there, and that something that's there continues to resonate around the sports world. Oh no, I mean we had about 
12 hours of nothingness in the Bears' Caleb Williams connecting the dots and reading of the tea leaves until Saturday when Cliff Kingsbury became the coach of the Commanders after coaching Caleb Williams. And, uh, yeah. I, I don't know that I agree that there was nothingness. I thought once we spoke to Colin on Friday and had that yeah. conversation, it became clear to to me and I think to most of our listeners that he is connected and he knows some stuff and that somebody in that camp, as he said, eight or nine weeks ago, expressed their doubts and who knows who exactly it is and how strong those doubts are. Yeah, you're 100% right. I guess I meant between then and when Kingsbury got hired, there was no new information. We went almost a full day. Uh, and this is going to be bumpy. There were people that were reaching out to me and like, are you going to be able to survive until, until April? Like I, I just shared the Instagram post from Caleb Williams congratulating Cliff Kingsbury. My dog, congrats. And people are like, Parkins, you're just, you're fanning the flames, you rumor monger. I'm like, guys. This is just a piece of information that I'm uh-huh. sharing. That's it. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not saying anything uh-huh. about it other than Caleb Williams acknowledged the hiring of Cliff Kingsbury and congratulated him. Would you like to hear what fanning the flames really sounds like? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Lincoln Riley like got an old school bellows, yeah. you, know, you know, and he got down on one knee. Yeah. And he's like, oh, is there a spark there? Like, let me, the former coach of Caleb Williams at USC and Oklahoma and former employer of Cliff Kingsbury, let me go on Good Morning Football and let me fan those flames like a professional would. You know, the news came out yesterday that Cliff Kingsbury, your assistant this year at USC, is now taking the commander's job. And there's already been links to Caleb Williams, your player, the Heisman Trophy winner, coming uh, into the NFL and the potential that two of them could be together. What was the relationship between you and Cliff? And what was the relationship also between Cliff and Caleb this season for commander's fans who might be interested to hear the dynamic there? All right. This one is for sure, right? making sure um if they got together i think they would do a great job together uh but certainly i i think we all know there's a lot that's going to transpire between now and then in a perfect world he had said right so that must have been somewhere else in there he said in a perfect world it'd be great if they got together that was the part that really fanned the flames to me i listen man I think that a lot of teams that don't have a franchise quarterback would like Caleb Williams to be their franchise quarterback. And I think that D.C. being his hometown, having a need at quarterback and the second pick in the draft and presumably needing to give up the least of any team to move up from two to one, that's going to be a connection. and. We now know from Colin that there was at least some concern about Chicago on Caleb Williams' side. And so, hey, you want to play at home? You want to play for a new owner? You want to play for a coach who's locked into a brand new contract Mm -hmm. so there's going to be some continuity? How about did you like playing with Cliff Kingsbury? We hired him too. uh, Vegas only wanted to give him a two-year deal, reportedly. We're giving him a three-year deal. Mm -hmm. We're pulling out all the stops to make this place as attractive as possible in case you want to flex your player empowerment muscles and make this a little uncomfortable and come here. I still think Caleb Williams is going to be a bear. I still think that the bears have more power in this uh, than him. 
But he has more power than C.J. Stroud did or Bryce Young did or most number one overall picks did. So as of now, I still think this is going to be fine. But is there a little bit of a Kevin Bacon at the end of Animal House remain calm aspect amidst all of the chaos to all of this for me? Yeah, man, because they're circling. The vultures are circling. These are not real ridiculous dots to connect that the hometown team with the new coach that hired his offensive coordinator that has the second pick that needs a quarterback that is leaking the information no, that he's not, not having. It's not a ridiculous thing. No, it is not. You know, yeah, you know sure, in a, in a perfect world, would I look back and, and love for some type of reunion for that to happen? That would be great. Like, yeah. that's what, you know, so Lincoln Riley saying that on national TV, people are like, Parkins, what are you doing sharing these things? This is this is the reality of the situation. This is the reality of the situation. It absolutely we can, we can, is. We can pretend that it isn't. Hey, man. We can say, I just want to fast forward to April. Cool. If you've invented time travel, slide into my DMs. They're open. I would like to invest. It ain't April. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of things that happen between now and April. What's the classic example that you think of when it is hiring somebody to help the recruitment of the once-in-a-generation star. Oh, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many, there's right? so many, the fir- yeah. The first time I ever was conscious of it was as a kid when Larry Brown at the University of Kansas hired Ed Manning yep, that's the famous to one. be an assistant coach. <laughs> and, oh, look at that. His son, Danny Manning, <laughs> yeah, yeah. suddenly enrolled Amazing. a couple of months later. Yeah. You know, there's That's always. That's probably the most famous yeah, one. But, like, there's always. I bet for most sports fans in your consciousness, there's one where you're like, oh, I get how it works. Wisconsin hired, um, f- uh, f- was it uh, was it Phil Longo? Was that who they hired? The the guy who's ca- tied into Kingsbury to try to get Caleb to transfer there. Oh, okay. From, Wisconsin hired someone. Uh, to 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 go there to try to get Caleb Williams when he left Oklahoma. Sure, it, it happens. The it's uh, yonder Royal, Royal Ivy. Isn't he like Kevin Durant's best friend who got hired by the Knicks on his staff? <laughs> and then they, they didn't end up signing him. They're just like, oh, uh-huh. damn, now this guy's our assistant coach. It's like the White Sox and all the Manny Machado stuff, right? Let, yes. Let's get let's get the brother-in-law. They were able to afford him. Yeah, who loves him. And then all yeah. of a sudden you're left paying the brother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. So this happens all the time. Yeah. Bobby Ingram is who you're thinking of. Went to Wisconsin Thank for Caleb Williams. Yeah, Bobby Ingram. Thank you. Yeah, Former yeah, Bears yeah. wide receiver, yes. Bobby Ingram. Yeah, Phil Longo is the guy who was on Kingsbury's staff who is, was also at North Carolina with Drake May. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh, but Because <laughs> listen, that's the, that's the counter argument. The counter argument is, hey, man, the commander's offensive coordinator job is way better than the Vegas one. Like Dan Qu- Dan Quinn, more established head coach than Antonio Pierce. Number two pick, so you got a quarterback so to work with. Got a shot at Drake May or uh, Jaden Daniels. You worked with uh, Phil Longo, who worked with uh, Drake May, so you might love uh, that he's going to be there. Three years of getting paid, Three man. Three years of getting paid instead of two. I mean, it's it's a better job. So like that's, that's why it's probably all going to be fine. But if you think that these teams – are not back-channeling to Caleb Williams' camp, talking directly to Ryan Poles. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, tr- yeah. trying to, no, no. They don't know. They've never had a 4,000-yard passer. They don't know what they're doing. We know what you need. We can make you happy, Caleb. Yeah. We got Cliff Kingsbury. We got home cooking. We've got not much else. But uh, you know what I mean? Like that That's the stuff that's going to be happening. It's another thing that's on the list for when you get that first interview. Uh, hey, uh, question. 
Did you like seeing Kingsbury go there? All these rumors that were coming out and people said they heard stuff. Is any of that from you? Like, where are you on this, Caleb? It's uh, That's catapulted to the top of the red flag investigations, hasn't it? He, Do you want to be here or not? He will speak at the Combine, probably. <laughs> and we don't even know if he'll speak then. We don't know when we're going to hear from him directly on this. So that's mm-hmm. the other thing. Because if you respond to this is a PR strategy, right? If you respond to one rumor, you got to respond to all of them. God, it's or so else the weird. Ones that you, or else the ones you don't respond to, people then assume that they're true because you didn't respond to it. You know, very often we find out after a while in a news story of being like, why are they saying anything? That they've just made the unilateral decision to not say anything. It's a, yeah, it's a PR strategy. Leave it all alone. Just let the noise be the noise yeah. and, and let it be what it is. But really, a simple thing from Caleb saying, hey... I'm looking forward to playing wherever I get drafted number one or something like that. Would, would, would it go a long way or would it just get buried and lost with the next day's tea leaves? Um, no, it would go a long way. It would. And, but then the, the easy like workaround would be like, but privately, yeah. he's going to say, I don't want to embarrass you publicly, but trade me to my hometown team where I will go public. You know what I mean? So the conspiracy theorists would always be out there. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Yes. This is all still conjecture, right? Now, Lincoln Riley going on the record on TV, like, I'd like a reunion. You call it fanning of the flames. Washington hiring Kingsbury. Maybe that's because he's the best offensive coordinator in the world. Maybe it's because he likes Drake May. Or maybe it's to sweeten the package to try to make Caleb Williams' camp want to go there. Tom Pelissero is not a hot take artist. He's a reporter. He's a news reporter <laughs> on it, chasing leads. He's Ian Rappaport's j- junior. Yeah, his second at NFL.com and C- NFL Network. Correct. This is a guy who breaks stories. This is a guy who has informed opinion. He is not someone in the opinioneer business, right? He's, he talked. His job is to go and talk to people. And grant them anonymity in exchange for information and scoops. He's as J.P. Morosi used to be to Ken Rosenthal. Correct. This is him on the Rich Eisen show talking about what it might look like if hometown Washington commanders wanted to call up Ryan Poles and come get the number one pick. I don't know how much the teams drafted at the top are going to want to move. That's how good this quarterback class is regarded um, between Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. There's potentially a few others that could go. Um, you know, middle to bottom of the first round as well. You look at the teams right now that don't have quarterbacks. The Raiders are one in the middle of the first round that absolutely you could see trying to make a big move up. But well, they just got Kingsbury too, Tom, right? They just got uh, the guy who's been in Caleb Williams' ear and uh, quarterback room. Oh. The thing about this, even if you're talking about the commanders moving up one spot, how good this class is and how highly people have Caleb Williams rated, that could be multiple first-round picks to jump one spot. Mm. If you're talking about coming from the middle of the first, the Vikings are, I mean, go down the list of teams that need a quarterback right now. To get all the way up into the top one, two, or three picks, it is going to be a massive offer. And this isn't the NBA. You can't trade. You can't go all Oklahoma City and trade your first-round pick like in like 2033. You can only go all <laughs> three years. A team like the Commanders, if anybody's going to make that godfather offer to go up, It might be them because they've got the extra two second-round picks from trading those edge rushers. Um, They've certainly got some players on their roster that could move up as well. The Bears are going to be sitting there in a position where, you know, you've brought in a new offensive staff that certainly appears to be geared toward bringing in 
a Caleb Williams, you could get significant trade value, I would think right now, out of Justin Fields. And if you're the Bears, you buy yourself time because now you're not suddenly going up into that stratosphere of paying your quarterback, maybe not top dollar, but top 10 type of a money of money and bring in a Caleb Williams then who can be the guy that you gal that galvanizes the entire program. I would say their actions to this point indicate that they would like to draft a quarterback at number one. What is Justin Fields market right now on the uh, weekend before Super Sunday? Bears believe you can get something um, substantial for Justin Fields. Is that a first round pick? Potentially. It, it all depends on what the vision is, what team makes sense for him, and, and where exactly um, you know the Bears want to go. Multiple first round picks to move up from two to one. That would blow up every trade value chart in the history of trade value charts. What, what did Bill Barnwell Bill say Barnwell the other day? Bill Barnwell said the second pick, the 40th pick, and the 163rd pick. So two additional picks in this draft, 40 in the second round, and whatever but 163 no future is. one, no multiple future ones, no future ones and players. Like that, that, that is, that's very different than what Tom Pelissero just shared. If Washington said, you can have our 2025 first and our 2026 first. Oh, my God. And the second pick in the draft, Ryan Poles would probably take it. He'd take it. But if Caleb Williams is worth that, it should make you question whether you should trade him for anything. So like this idea of a godfather offer, and now I know this is a little bit of a Poles position topic, but this is the stuff that's out there from... It's a little bit of a Poles position offseason. Let's be honest. Yes, and it's this is a reporter. This is a reporter saying it. This is not a blog. This is not a radio host. This is not this is not a Twitter account. Commander fan Johnny S twenty two. Johnny S plays a lot of that's, instruments. That was for you. That, that was for you. But you know Thank what I you. mean. Like this is yeah. Well, is Tom this Pelissero being like it could ta- cost multiple first to move up from two to one? Wait a minute. What is is this a news guy being interviewed and heading towards take territory? I don't know. As opposed to a take artist heading towards news territory. I, listen. Can everybody just identify what you are and what your source is before every report, please? So just to be clear, Danny, you are now out on Caleb Williams, right? No, no. Back in on Justin Fields? I badly want Caleb Williams to be a pair. I'm just saying, if Tom... I can't get it straight with you. He's in on on Tom Pelissero. In on Tom Pelissero, wants all the draft picks, also wants Caleb, and wants Justin. I think if Tom Pelissero is speaking accurately there... Ryan Poles is going to be faced with one hell of a decision. I, I don't I, believe that to be accurate. I, I, let's call Colin Coward. Hell, <laughs> hell no. no. I'm going to call Colin. Hell no. You know what, you know what I, I, I kind of want to do? I kind of want to just trade everybody and just acquire all the draft picks and throw the draft picks out there. Just put Jalen out there. I, I mean, seriously, like, how many draft picks can I get for one? Then I go to two, and then I trade that again, and then I also trade Justin, and all of a sudden I'm sitting so pretty. Let's, let's rebuild everything all over again. For all the teams. Start yeah. the clock over every year. <laughs> yeah. Just, just trade everyone, keep them for a Are year. Are there any former Kansas City Royals that can play football? Are any of those available? We uh, like those in this town. All of them. And they're they're going to get ready to kick your ass at 7 They're getting expensive, too, those Royals. <laughs> they are expensive. It's a big market team, man. They, they spend money. That's the number one luxury tax payroll in the American League Central is the Kansas City Royals. For the first time since what? Frank White was playing second base. Do you know how hard it was to take a phone call today from Danny's guy, Carrington Harrison, asking me, what 
what's the best baseball writer he should put on to talk about the new $288 million wow. Bobby Witt Jr.? Dude. Never even come close to that here. <laughs> no. The no. guy that I make fun of for lo- loving Halloween candy like he does, he gets to talk about Bobby Witt getting $288 million and his organization trying something. <laughs> 161 Dave, for the Royals. What's your favorite Bobby Witt memory? <laughs> Who's your favorite baseball insider? Uh, it's John Paul Morosi. We have good relationships. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just sent JP as well. There you yeah. go. Carrington knows him. It's a good job. Call, put him on. But yeah, they're spending money. Yeah, 288. JP was not answering Carrington's text. Oh, it's too bad. Oh, man. Yeah. That does confirm that's not fun. <laughs> so what's that, 130 more than... How much more is 288 than the biggest contract the White Sox? Benintendi got what 77 or 75? So it's it's he got five for 75 or five for 80? Five for 75, I think. Yeah, so it's 200 million dollars more than the biggest contract the White Sox have ever. Well, more more than 200 million dollars. But there's opt outs. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So who knows? So so so, so maybe it's not going to be that bad. Uh-huh. I don't know if I'll make it to April. Maybe the internet's right. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Well, that, and there's the name. Afternoons on the score. Godfather, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You can act like a man. What's the matter with you? What can I do? What can I do? You spend time with your family? Sure I do. Good. Because a man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. You look terrible. I want you to eat. I want you to rest well, and a month from now, this Hollywood big shot's gonna give you what you want. It's too late. They start shooting in a week. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. That is what a Godfather offer is. An offer he cannot refuse. Who's that guy doing an impression of a mobster? Oh, wait a minute. That's Brando as the Godfather, which is the source of every mob impression since then. Mob. Correct. Okay. M-O-B. M-O-B. That's like some mob stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And a good movie. I'm going to go out and say it. That's a fun movie. It's a good movie. Daniel Norris loves that movie. Um, Shane doesn't. Have we now shared 
Tanny's brilliance. I, you know he's great with audio. I had no idea the video skills were elevated to the level that they are. His video um, featuring Shane's Goodfellas take and our incredulous reactions is a delight. Yeah, it's all over the social media right now. You can find it. Uh, you should check it out. It's excellent. But that's what that was. That, that's what Tom Pellicero was saying there. It would, the Godfather offer, the blow you away, over the top, blow up the the mechanism offer to move up from two to one to go get Caleb Williams from Ryan Poles. And if he did take that, if he decided to take that offer yeah. and go down to two, I think they're still going to draft a quarterback and use a quarterback. I don't like Lawrence has been talking about other other people have been talking about the idea. Oh, that means that Justin Fields is back in play. I think they are ready to move on and reset the quarterback clock. And they have seen 38 starts. And frankly, if I were the GM, that's what I would do too. Whether it's Drake may that you've decided on or Jaden Daniels, or you want to trade down further and get kooky with Bo Nix or JJ McCarthy. I don't know what you want to do. I don't think that's possible. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you're going to trade. Trade fields and trade all the way down and not take a premium quarterback talent. Like if you say that you think that Drake may is close to Caleb Williams, but, but that Drake may plus three first round picks from Washington uh, is definitely on the Drake may side of the ledger. Mm -hmm. I maybe could see that. I don't think so, but you know, I could, I, 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 I could see that Drake may plus a couple of, a couple of first round picks being, being equal to uh, the opportunity for for Caleb Williams and the reload, I just think they're ready to reset the clock and move on after 38 starts. I I, I think so. I think so too. It's a uh, it the idea of it is fascinating and hypotheticals and all of that stuff. Most likely outcome is still the Bears just standing pat and taking the guy who is even he is good enough that we have to at least consider the possibility that Washington would make that kind of trade that Tom Pelissero floats. That's how good he is. You know what I mean? It People are like, oh, Danny, mm-hmm. he's clearly just speculating there. Okay. But Rich Eisen didn't laugh him off the phone. Even if you believe that he's just speculating, he didn't laugh him off the phone because of how good everybody thinks this kid is as a, as a prospect, which is why it's really damn exciting that he's going to be a bear. Like That's what I don't want to get lost in the shuffle of all of this. Really exciting. We did. He didn't ask us anything on uh, first and pod last night, and someone asked us, uh, "Who's the Chicago team uh, and the Pittsburgh team uh, most that's going to win a championship next?" And Pony's like, "Ah, I guess I could see the Penguins winning still with Sidney Crosby. Get in, anyone can win in hockey." And I was like, "You know, I think it's the Cubs. They're the best run organization. They outspend everyone in their division. They'll be in the playoffs for the next five years. Maybe you get lucky." And Pony was like, "That's a dumb answer. It should be the Bears." If they're going to get a guy who could be a top five quarterback in the NFL and have him for the next decade and you're injecting him into a seven win team, mm. to, the answer is the Bears. Oh, that'd like, be nice. Hell yeah, it'd be nice. Hell yeah. And like, so maybe I'm too caught up in the, the pre-draft part of this, but that is the, the reality here. If you're getting a guy that is this good and the experts are right, that changes everything. That is the end game, um, the hopeful end game. Texture's getting in with uh, people that were hired to try and recruit the star. Oh, yeah. Uh, Michigan, when they were trying to get the Fab Five together, hiring Perry Watson as an assistant to get Jalen Rose. Michael Porter Jr.'s father getting hired that at Missouri. That was the famous one. Right? Yep. Uh, Milt Wagner hired by Patino at Memphis so they could get Dewan Wagner, whose son now is playing for Calipari at Kentucky. 
which is a uh, Calipari is like, probably hired yeah. ten family members for right. different recruits. Oh, and that was Calipari at Memphis, not not Patino. My, my, excuse me. And then Bobby Ingram, who was hired at Wisconsin to try and woo Caleb Williams in part because his son was a receiver for Caleb Williams in high school. Bobby Ingram, former Bears wide receiver, now the wide receivers coach for the Washington Commanders. Oh, good. So good. Yeah. So there's that. So Caleb knows Bobby Ingram very well from high school and, of course, Cliff Kingsbury. That's good. Seems like they're doing something over there, huh? Yeah. They're building a little thing. <laughs> they're building they, a Caleb wooing machine. They, are they conspiring a little bit, you think? Sounds you like think they, they talked to Caleb? Sounds like they might have a plan. It's like when Odyssey hired Tanny's dad as CEO to get yeah. him to stay. <laughs> you knew. It was so weird. It's like all of a sudden that SAP offer, the senior right. audio producer offer, looked yeah. a lot better. I had no idea Tanny's dad would even did radio. <laughs> And they just hired him. And he did. they didn't even disguise he, it. He didn't. See, now I'm going to get a phone call tonight. What were you guys saying about me? You know, like, for my dad. Come yeah. on, don't Well, he'd take the stock, dude. He came <laughs> in here and he'd take the stock. <laughs> just from his memorable time Tandy's as CEO. Like, oh, I already cracked the bike. Now you've looped me in. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be when associated. When he was the CEO. And now I'll get a call from someone at the company and say, what'd you say about yeah. the stock? <laughs> <laughs> it was all Tanny. When he was, he, he was CEO, that's when we went down from three floors to two, right? Is that, yeah. what, is that when that happened? Made that internal staircase where there was already yeah. a staircase there i remember <laughs> i'd go for hours but Don't it looks shiny man yeah let's go play checkers up there next break we, well, we did talk white Sox in segment one just a little bit so my dad maybe is running the station and the company there we go <laughs> there we go uh Sherman Dilla Thomas on what will happen, uh, what he thinks should happen, the idea of uh, the 78 project moving uh, Sox Park away from Sox Park and Bridgeport. We're going to talk to him about some of the ramifications for neighborhoods and the cities if these uh, this game of, I don't know, musical chairs moves around with all of these stadiums. He's going to weigh in on uh, what's going to be, honestly, a huge decade for the Chicago landscape when it regards to stadiums. Next on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. This is Joe Pantoliano, Joey Pats. I am here at the request of MOB. Keep up the good work. Harkins and Spiegel show. Afternoons on the score. Obviously, Zach Levine's news popped up today that he's going to miss the rest of the year. How do you, how do you support somebody like Zach as Kobe puts in those two? I know it's fresh news. You're close with him. Zach's close with this team. How do you kind of lift his spirits a little bit? What kind of advice do you give him for somebody who's going to be dealing with that process right now? Um, you look at the big picture as well. I mean, obviously, this is a step back, but I know the man he is. I know the person he is. And I think this is going to make him, you know, a better human. And um, he's going to come back and do his thing for sure. I'm not worried about it. Obviously, this is, you know, terrible news for all of us to hear that. But, um, you know, it's better for him to get healthy now. That was Lonzo Ball at NBC Sports Chicago talking about Zach Levine in a truly surreal moment. Uh, that's a snapshot of this Bulls build and eventual teardown. Dilla is running just a couple minutes late. He's arriving now. We don't want to shortchange that conversation, so he's going to just join us in about 15 minutes in studio. So that was Saturday night. Uh, The Bulls fell behind by 30. They were down by 30 to the Kings. Made a mad dash, and it was a single-possession game in the final minutes. Yeah, one-point game, right? DeRozan hit the little shot in the the lane, made it a one-point game, never got closer, never took the lead. I can't get closer than that. Uh, But never tied it up, never took the lead, then ended up losing. Another big Kobe night, uh, Kobe White night. But they didn't come back. But, yeah, Lonzo, a guest with the broadcast. For that game. I was just like, there wasn't anything revolutionary that was said, but Lonzo's at practice today. 
and there's some there's some video of him at shoot arounds putting up shots putting up shots and being with the team good for him man it's great it's a it's great it's a basketball tragedy what happened to that man yes it is so hopefully he gets back and we're not that far removed from the bulls being in la and zach being with the team out there as he was getting treatment and getting a second opinion or a third opinion or whatever it was. Yeah, and, and pictures of him with, with the guys. and mm-hmm. but, but then the news comes down that Zach is having surgery and how the news was framed. That he and Clutch Sports were electing to have surgery? That they were choosing. And Billy Donovan was like, he thinks that this is going to help. And he was like, well, wait a minute. Is this, is this the player doing this because he doesn't want to go to Detroit? Mm. You know, like it was just—it was a little messy, and and not really the Bulls' fault if that's the truth. It's definitely Zach's decision. It's an interesting choice to frame it that way in the press release, and then Billy um, had to clarify as best he could and did a good job as he always does. The voice of the organization—he's yeah, a, he's a great communicator. But you know what I mean? Like that whole thing kind of came out like so. Zach and his agency chose to have the surgery, but they chose it. A week, the week of the trade deadline or a week before the trade deadline, and then they're backtracking a little bit, and now Lonzo Ball's on the broadcast, but, like, is he ever going to play basketball again? So now so now the, the $20 million a year point guard who can't play basketball is talking about the max contract yeah. uh, all-star score. I would, might never play basketball for the team again, but now you can't trade. Either, you can't trade either of them, really. Like, like, one of them may be a salary filler, but the other one definitely not because mm-hmm. he was playing. Just, it, it's insane. It's like it's like they need, it's like Jay Feely on CBS is the special teams analyst. It's like the Bulls broadcast needs an injury analyst. Yeah, they do. Oh well, we got a lot of options. I was on um, I was on the Sports Zone last night as I have been a lot of Sundays recently with Luke Canellis, and one of the questions was, "Are the Bulls cursed?" Because Derek- I, I was having that exact conversation with one of the, my full my few like diehard Bulls fan friends left. Because Derek Rose is a basketball tra- tragedy in terms of the the injuries and yes. the derailment of that career. And are they like post Michael Jordan, post Last Dance? You got six. You got six titles. Uh-huh. You got Mike, and then the hex comes down, yeah. and you got to deal with it for the next until when? Yeah, part of the <laughs> hex was the horrific reputation that Jordan kind of made sure that you had, and then some of his acolytes have spread along the way. I don't think they're cursed, I, but I don't tend to believe in that sort of it's thing. It's bad. I just what a weird thing that Lonzo Ball is offering analysis on a Zach Levine injury. Giving him perspective on on the season being over. So the last guys standing are the dudes in their mid-30s. It's DeMar and Vooch. And Vooch looks slow. And DeMar's game is incredibly impressive. But it's a relic of a league gone past. And then Shams is out there talking about, hey, if you don't trade DeMar, you better extend him or else you'll lose him for nothing. Because he'll just walk for nothing at Wh- the end of the year. Which we've known. Mm-hmm. That that, so it it strikes me that just based on AK's history, it feels a little bit more likely that they will extend DeMar. I don't, I don't believe he'll lose him for nothing. I don't I, believe he's going to lose him for nothing. I think they're, they're going to make a push to be in the play-in. And without Zach and uh-huh. without, I mean, okay. Yeah, we'll see if if Patrick Williams comes back. I mean, like, I don't know. These are the conversations. It's certainly possible in the next what four days. Thursday is the deadline. 
they're, they'll have these conversations about pivoting. And, I mean, look, you could still trade Zach, but you'd have to add a whole bunch of assets along with it, which apparently they were going to have to do anyway. The trade analysis that's out there from before this announcement and now of just how bad the Zach contract is in terms of expectations, like they might have to include Caruso in a Zach trade were it to happen these four days or if it doesn't happen and you hold on to Caruso, maybe you do it in the, in the <laughs> off season. But like in order to really get assets worthwhile, Zach on its own isn't going to do anything for anybody. Well, especially now that he's not playing the rest of the season. As a choice, I know. <laughs> but, but they bungled this so badly, man. A year ago at the deadline, and, and I, we, we all sat here and we went crazy when they didn't do anything. I, 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 I know. I, I, I know that. I'm just, Listen, I... I would have traded Vooch before extending him. You know what I mean? Like I, yes, like I, we can. I know that I was pro signing Zach to the deal. I still think every team in the NBA would have done it given the Bulls situation. But obviously, that's aged horribly. Yeah, I'm not bringing that up to like relitigate that or go at you about that. It's, no, it's like fine. It, 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 it was an asset, and and they decided they couldn't do nothing with it. But how they didn't come to the conclusion, the proper conclusion by last year or in the off season, is just flat out criminal for a front office. Yeah, I just don't know what they're going to do. So the deadline's Thursday. You now can't trade your max player. You, in theory, could trade Lonzo, but just as pure salary to another team, but probably going to keep that and and hope that you get the medical exemption in the offseason so that you get some salary cap relief yourself. So maybe you – I mean, obviously you could get something for Caruso. Contenders would be lining up for him. He's a perfect – piece if you hear what Woj said about Caruso on a podcast today with Bobby Marks he said that the Bulls are looking for an OG Anunobi type deal and Toronto got a lot from from the Knicks they got RJ Barrett and they got Emmanuel quickly yeah and they got a pick meanwhile the Knicks went 12 and 2 with Anunobi who is a 3 and D guy and a glue guy and any team that wants to make a push in the postseason would want the world champion, Mike or Alex Caruso. I, I'll I, never not do it. I'll never not put the White Sox. Yeah, it's not Mike Caruso. It's, it's definitely Mike more. Caruso. It's more of an Alex Caruso. Yeah, I'll call him Mike, Keith Folk. Yeah, you know, next time. No, please don't. Okay. I just, like they. If they have that offer out there, they obviously should do it with Caruso. Yes, with oh, dude. Sucks. Wait a minute. I know. No, it doesn't. It's this. Is done. He's I it's know. over. It's he, finished. It's kaput. It's it been, is, it's is, been is, finished. It, I know. I, so 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 there is no. It just still reason. Sucks. But he's like, he he's exactly what you want of your course. culture to be. You yeah. want your team to be. Right. He's only making nine point eight million dollars next year. Yeah. Every team in the NBA wants would want that guy. Yeah. Every single team. So you know what you're supposed to do. Sell high. Don't wait for him to get hurt. Mm. I mean, the guy gets hurt all the time. Mm. Keep him past Thursday. Then have him get hurt in, you know, <sighs> April, and then you can't trade him in the off season. And you know what I mean? Like it's just, you know, you know, LeBron would want him back. Everybody would want him. Apparently, the Golden State Warriors want him. How about Demar and Caruso to the Lakers, and they win a title, and you get D'Angelo Russell and their future picks and uh, I mean, whatever, whatever yeah, crap I, you can get. I don't think D'Angelo Russell does much for this team, especially with how Kobe White's been been playing. I would hope. Like that was the thing. 
They were going to trade Zach to Detroit, <laughs> and then I'll take him to Detroit. Honestly, I was like, I was like, oh, Clutch Sports will get him to L.A. with LeBron. Oh, well, he's a you know West Coast guy. Uh-huh. Maybe he wants to go to Sacramento or Golden State. No, no, no. How about the five-win uh, Detroit Pistons? You ever see it, 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 Kentucky Fried Movie? It's the it's the airplane guys. It's Zucker Zucker and Abrams before. That's a fun movie. Thank you, Daniel. And it was Kentucky Fried Theater in Milwaukee first, and then they made Kentucky Fried Movie, and then came Airplane and Airplane Two and everything thereafter. But there's in that movie the a fate worse than death is to go to Detroit. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, take I, him to Detroit. I get the Chicago Bulls cool again. They need something. I just. I know you would you would pivot now and you would get whatever you can for any of those people. What is your alternative? Standing pat, getting older, preaching continuity, and getting a worse draft pick. And choosing mediocrity, which has been the stated kind of plan to try and be decent from the get-go. Try and be decent and see if that could somehow turn into great. Right, but... I'm not saying it's a great plan. No, no, I know, but it'd be one thing. It'd be honestly, it'd be one thing if Demar got hurt and Vooch was disgruntled, and you were mediocre around Zach and Kobe and Patrick and Caruso. Well, because then okay, mm-hmm. your old guys are the problem. They're supposed to be the problem. <laughs> On this team, your young guys are the problem. Your young, expensive, in their prime athletic uh-huh. guys are the problem. That's not how it's supposed to go. Take me back to your Bulls curse thread, because I didn't give it a lot of validity last night, but now textures are saying Jay Williams and the motorcycle accident. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things. Yeah, listen, I don't think the Bulls can be cursed in the post because they got 1.8% chance to get Derrick Rose, and that team was unbelievably fun and the United Center was rocking and they won playoff series and that series against the Celtics and the game winner against the Cavs. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't believe that anything around Derrick Rose can ultimately be a curse because he should have never been a bull in the first place, but it was unbelievable and some of the most fun I've ever had watching sports. That's fair. You know what I mean? But this build, it's, it's like the house that's the money pit mm. that's the problem that everybody t- – stop sinking money into the house. What are you doing? Stop <laughs> sinking money into the house. But if I fix the roof. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I just fix the roof, uh-huh. it's insane. What What yeah. is there that's redeeming about this Bulls group? Well, What's redeeming? Injury creates opportunity. Kobe White is redeeming. Yeah, um, right. No, uh, and, yes, and, and, right. and Io will, will get a chance to play more. You know, if they, do, uh, if they do pivot and do a Caruso and DeMar deal of some kind here in the next few days, you're going to see a lot of Julian Phillips. You'll see a lot of Dalen Terry Sweet. when he comes back healthy. Yeah. I know, and Tory Craig, and you know, uh, you'll you'll see guys getting a chance, and then I, you'll see what you have as you get d- a little worse. Just put Lonzo Ball in the broadcast at this point. Put him next to Stacey King. That would make at least make this interesting. Seriously, I guys, that guy's got got to have stories to tell. Just have him out there. So when you got your own second opinion the third time, <laughs> seriously. When you're eighth doctor, well, seriously, ask him about Caleb Williams in controlling sports deaths. I'm very interested in what Lonzo Ball has to say. He's a brilliant basketball mind. I just realized I want to talk to Lonzo Ball. Yes, yes. About LeVar. I was like, like, they're doing what? This is fascinating. More of this, less of what they have going on. All right, very much looking forward to that. I wasn't here the last time Dylan was on the show. 
And then he was on with Dan and Lawrence, and it was amazing. And we had that great conversation about what would happen if these ballparks, uh, if the White Sox move, and then, of course, the Bears and the ramifications of it. So we're going to bring in an expert, Sherman Dilla Thomas, next on the score. Parkinson Spiegel Show flashback. 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 Sherman Dilla Thomas is six figure underscore Dilla on Twitter. Describes himself as a husband, father, Chicago historian. I still think you're burying the lead about probably the most important African American and Jewish connection in the history of Chicago. Come on now. What's that? That would be Harold Pierce and a guy named Gene Rose. Oh, that's a pretty good one. You live here in Chicago? I do. That's very simple. Pick your friends up this weekend. Uh-huh. Take them to Harold's Chicken. Okay. <laughs> on the south side. I know where that is. Gene Rosen has grandkids that's still around, so they, they're going to particularly love this. But uh, Mr. Rosen uh, had a poultry farm, and he sold chicken. And Mr. Pierce was uh, going through a divorce with his wife, Hilda. And so he was closing H&H Chicken and was going to open Harold's Chicken. But he wanted to play with the recipe. So, he, so Gene Rosen gave him a couple wings, some thighs to play with the recipe, and now we got Harold's Chicken. That's probably my third favorite black and Jewish connection. My second one... <laughs> uh, I actually had the Harold's Chicken. It was actually buzzing. Okay, good. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons on The Score. Daz Newsom. Daz Newsom. Yeah. I mean, anyone you can introduce to Harold's, it's a, it's a win. He was pleased. Well, we are pleased to have... Back in studio, Sherman Dilla Thomas, as you just heard there. Check it out, chicagomahogany.com. Follow him on all of your socials. Uh, my first time talking to you in person. Dilla, thank you so much for coming in. It's really honored to be here. Second time talking to you and having you in studio. He did get to two and one on the black-Jewish combination Chicago history on the depth chart. We don't have to repeat it. People can go back and listen. That's but a good top three, though. Yeah, it's it, it was. How a, deep can you go? Uh, I could probably go about a good eight, eight <laughs> or nine. Solid. You know, another great one is the uh, Jewish homies at Chess Records and Muddy Waters, right? Like, how can you not appreciate? There you that go. One? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, and Ch- Chess, you can still go and uh, and and see the Chess space down there on Michigan Avenue. Yes, you can take them on my tours. Uh, shameless plug. There you go. Hey, no, that that's the whole thing. Uh, we could do all the plugs for the tours at chicagomahogany.com. But we were having a conversation uh, last week because this White Sox Stadium story is happening faster than I think a lot of us expected it to. The, Rob Manfred just, like, came out, the commissioner of baseball, and he was like, oh, yeah, we like this idea, and this is how the financing would work. And so we were like, oh, damn, like this is probably going to – like, we should probably be talking about this as a – when not if situation and so we were talking about what the ramifications for that would be for the south side team to move from 35th and shields to the 78 what what do you think about it i think it's uh uh another example of the south side of chicago in its totality catching the short end of the stick and while I uh, appreciate them, uh at least the Sox not going to like nashville right right like so at least that's like a step better but Bridgeport means so much to the White Sox, and the White Sox means so much to Bridgeport. And the fact that that team would have probably folded way earlier, you know, there's always like the running joke that they got the best food in the league, but nobody in the stands to eat it, right? The people that are still in the stands are the folks from Bridgeport. And so just to cut them out, but not just that, there's like this economic radiation that happens 
when the Sox play on the south side, you got the Bucket Boys at the train station on 35th Street. You got the dudes selling dollar beers and dollar waters. You radiate further than that. You got the small businesses that are on Hoster Street in Bridgeport that uh, you know people go to to eat before the game. They go there to eat after the game. Like it's going to totally destroy the economics of Bridgeport and and uh, by association Bronzeville. All those neighborhoods benefited during the season, you know, the, just the parking over there, right? The guy that uh, runs the Vienna's place, uh, he makes his, his living because he can sell parking spots during the Sox games. And all that's going to go away as soon as you move the team. So uh, that, that's interesting. So you think <laughs> it, that, that it will decline around there precipitously oh, once, once the White Sox move? Right away, right? And it's, it's one of those things that uh, – you know, the South Side uh, and the city in, this, in general is so proud of Bridgeport. We're always, like, waving that flag when it's uh, St. Patty's Day. is getting ready to be here next month. All the Bridgeport is going to be downtown, right, dying the Chicago River Green. Um, and you're just going to, like, throw it all away. And I don't – and the thing about that is that's not going to bolster attendance in the long run for the White Sox. It'll be that immediate, oh, it's new and it's down here and we're going to check it out. But until Chicago stops treating the White Sox in general as like uh, the redhead stepchild, the proverbial stepchild, then, you know, after two, three seasons, everybody's checked out the stadium, it's going to go right back to lower tendency. That's, that's not the issue. The issue is win games, put a winnable product on the team, right, win some playoff games, and that's how you're going to keep uh, butts in the seats. But to move it downtown um, – I don't think that's the right thing to do to a fan base that's been overly loyal to you, even when you wasn't winning. Well, the health of the organization long term is certainly going to be about being smart baseball wise, like doing the right things baseball wise and developing talent and having young talent. But the health financially of having a stadium and your own little ballpark village that you can get money from, that is a big component that's going to be part of it. And that's and that's why they want to do it. But why hasn't it happened in your mind around 35th and, and, and Shields? Because as you cite these communities that have, you know, that have benefited from, from the Sox having games, it's not as if, it's not as if things have catapulted forward in terms of development around yeah, that. That's, that's very true. And I think it could, I think there's a huge, they just had the Christmas lights across the street at that parking lot. There's enough space there to throw a hotel up right there on the uh, north side of the street from Sox Park right now. You can have that same development. Uh, it's the black eye that the south side has, right? And a part of that has to do with the folks who are in charge with the city of Chicago. Now, I'm a, like the hugest Chicago fan. I do business with the city, right? So uh, I'm not uh, you know, speaking out of turn when I say that. Even the people that are in charge of tourism, they don't beat the South Side drum, right? When you come to Chicago, they tell you to uh, go to Navy Pier, tell you go check out the Bean, go check out Buckingham Fountain, right? And they can't, and then check out Wrigley Field, and then that's it. The story ends. I think there are a number of ways that they can um, make some great financial decisions. One of which is to have have more concerts at Sox Park, right? It's just a summer series of amazing concerts. First of all, the proximity from the train station makes going to concerts all year long or particularly during the baseball season or right out of it or right in the beginning of it, right? There's so many other things that they can do with that ballpark uh, to generate revenue. Uh, the other part of it is is that, again, you're 
it's it's going to be like a net loss for the city. So it may benefit the White Sox as an organization, right? It may be a, a thing that that helps them financially. It may help them stay in the black, right? Because um, you know the renting of rooms for players and the families will be able to all stay right there, right? People will feel more comfortable living in the South Loop. Like I get the benefits. But I just think a, a space that's been loyal to you for more than 100 years deserves a little more consideration than um, due to bad planning. And I'm not a GM. I don't know how to pick players. But we didn't just arrive here today, right? The product on the field didn't just uh, become the issue today. The finances didn't just become the issue today. But to solve it, you're going to, like, abandon ship. And all it's going to do is – uh, further push the narrative that the South side is a wasteland, right? Once you remove that team. What do you think, if you agree with the premise that it's inevitable, it's a, it's a when, not if, what is the best case scenario for that location, for that neighborhood? Like, I mean, you put the Chicago fire there, right? Or something yeah. like that. Like that, that's not enough games. It's not going to replace 81 baseball games a year. What would you suggest assuming the city doesn't want to completely turn its back on it, what would you suggest be done to try to do your best for Bridgeport and the surrounding neighborhood if they do lose the White Sox? I think if they lose the White Sox, you kind of put them in a situation to where you're going to have to maybe even jettison baseball and see how you can turn that neighborhood into another kind of economic hub. Do you make it uh, all the the surrounding areas? Are you now focused on this is where we're going to start putting our data centers, right? Chicago has a – Amazing tech boom happening right here. More tech companies are moving their headquarters to Chicago than any other place across the country. Uh, we're always talking about the amount of residents that Illinois is losing, but that's mostly retirees who don't want to stay, pay state income tax on their pensions, which I totally understand. But the people that are coming to Illinois are coming to Chicago. They're tech professionals with great jobs. They're all able to pay three grand a month in amazing high rises down here and on the north side. So, I think that 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 would probably be the way to save that neighborhood is to right all right we got to get get rid of this ballpark and throw an Amazon hub right <laughs> here you know and I think that 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 would help sustain that neighborhood and the because everything feeds off of Bridgeport when that's happening right you got the Vienna sausage that's right there in back of the yards that's piping in food during the games and during the stadiums it's so much um, by proximity that happens in that it's not just Bridgeport. It's back of the yards. It's McKinley Park. It's Bronzeville. You know, that Bronzeville Starbucks sees so much business at the games, right, and just uh, even expanding it out further than that. So it's going to really stink, and you're going to have to think long and hard about what you put there. Well, that'll be up to the city, and the city could ask the White Sox for input on that, could ask the White Sox to invest in that. And I think I think back to when the United Center – Happened and they tore down Chicago Stadium and um and and the Bulls and the the Blackhawks I think got together and built like the James Jordan um community center there and, and so maybe there'd be a community center of some kind with White Sox investment but I hear you I I find the the conversation fascinating I live in the South Loop and there is not this kind of this sense of continuity on the on the South Side from the South Loop towards Chinatown towards Bridgeport and with Bronzeville, like it hasn't happened. 
And are you thinking that it hasn't happened because the White Sox haven't made it happen? Or has it not happened because the South Side is is just kind of stratified and, and people stay in neighborhoods a little bit more than they do on the North Side? I think it's that, right? You certainly stay in your camp on the South Side. Uh, and that's because it's, it's by design that that happened, right? And we don't got to go through the whole history of that, right? But there, there is a long storied history of kind of forcing people via disinvestment to stay in these particular neighborhoods. Absolutely. And, After and the Great Migration, they put people there. They like put that. people there, right? And then not only that, but, you know, you got harassed when you left there. And so now that mindset permeates. The other part of it is, right, just think about in when the Cubs won, the city shut down. It was, you know, but when the White Sox won, they get a ticker tape. So some, some of that is just even like in the way we talk about, if you watch uh, tourism commercials about the city of Chicago, it's uh, even before the even before 2016, right? The Cubs were just like these happy losers. Get them next season, right? And even the boom that the Sox had through the 90s, which which was almost the entirety of the decade, right? It was never really pushed by the city as a part of the city winning. Not like when the Bears win, or not like when the Bulls win, or even when the Blackhawks won. It's the city, but when the Sox win, it's Bridgeport. It's you know. So we've kind of set that mindset. That the Sox only belong to these neighborhoods around the park more so than they belong to the city. So let, let me ask you this, though. If there is a thriving, happening stadium at Roosevelt and Clark, right? Let's say they build that there on the 78 and it's killing it. It's like PNC in Pittsburgh or it's like, you know, Coors in Denver or at one of these places that is closer to downtown, but it still is of the south side. Like, is it possible that a thriving and busier part of that South Side could, because that's thriving, could that benefit the entire South Side? If they choose to, right? So if um, an example that I like to use is both Mariano's and Whole Foods, when they anchor themselves in the neighborhood, then the store manager got to be from that neighborhood, right? And that's a part of the their their mission in the city of Chicago. Dominic's was very good at that when they were here. Like when you went to the Dominic's and Humboldt Park, that was a Puerto Rican dude's picture right there as the store manager. And so I'm saying that to say if you are going to move it and then you're starting to build out this infrastructure, these hotels and all these things, then maybe you start right now reaching out to the, the schools and organizations that are in Bridgeport in the back of the yards to start to train people up to fill the leadership roles, and then I think you do get that net benefit. But if you place them there... Um, just as a satellite to downtown. Just as a satellite to downtown, you don't get those same downtown candidates, and the neighborhood's going to still lose anyway. But if you go into it with that mindset, like, hey, we owe Bridgeport one, so we're going to... And I don't think that's nepotism, or I don't think that's favoritism or anything like that, but I think that that's just showing loyalty, that they say, hey, we're going to keep 25% of these jobs sitting ready and available for people who have the skill set and come from Bridgeport, we're going to give them a first crack at it. I don't think that that's wrong. I think that that's going to inevitably lift up Bridgeport. Well, no, and I mean, after 120, I mean, right, they're coming up on the 125th season of the of the franchise. It's a long history yeah. in, a, in a neighborhood, so there's not, there would be nothing wrong with that. We're talking to Sherman Dilla Thomas. Of course, you can check out uh, his website, chicagomahogany.com. Great merch, by the way. Everything dope about America comes from Chicago. You should get it all there. What do you think of the proposed location? Like, I know you would want it to stay where it is, but the logistics of... Oh, you can't beat that, right? Like, you <laughs> know, I uh, uh, 
it, it makes a lot of sense. You'll have people on the boat tours being able to <laughs> yeah. check out the stadium. It'll almost be like they are in San Francisco. You're out there on the right day. You may even catch a home run, depending on how they uh, position the field, right? Um, I also think that it, it would have a, a benefit to a place like Pilsen. But then there's the other part of it. Because I'm in these communities every single day, Pilsen is already going through a gentrification, Right. There's was formerly this thriving Mexican American community. They're and pushed west to Little Village. They're they're getting pushed out of Little Village. We're starting to call the West End of Inglewood, La Inglewood, Damon Avenue, and and streets from the West because they're getting even priced out out of Little Village because of the push out of Pilsen. They're moving to uh, Inglewood in very very large numbers, which I think is awesome. But if you think that uh, they're getting gentrified now, you put a stadium right in that proximity, and then the the cost of the homes and the apartments and everything else is going to change exponentially, then you're really going to be pushing people out of Pilsen. You may even start to encroach on uh, Chinatown a little bit and start to price them out too. So uh, it'll be an economic benefit, but it could also change the fabric of the city and the people who have spent their lives making this city viable be the people who are negatively affected because of, you know, the inevitable gentrification that's going to happen when you put something that big Mm -hmm. and that close proximity to Pilsen. It's going to change Pilsen. I think it's incredibly valuable to have your voice on the station talking about this stuff because you're you're a treasure in this town, man. As Danny was talking about with the tours and and everything that you do and just the following that you have and the way you stand up for all neighborhoods uh, in, in Chicago, it's it's a remarkable thing. And so it's impactful for me to to talk with you about it and hear some of this stuff because I I see the genius of this potential stadium plan, and frankly, I see the possibility of keeping the team on the south side in a healthy way. And I think that Jerry Reinsdorf is actually concerned with that. Like, I want to know if you feel like he has historically, and the White Sox have historically given a crap about the south side and about being of the south side. Because they've done a lot of things with certain programs and things like that. I feel like this is genuinely his desire to try and set it up on the south side long term. As you said, not Nashville or something like that. uh, So I I uh, I have a relationship with the White Sox now. I didn't formally have it, so I can't speak too uh, formally. But just one of the things that I'm thinking about is their relationship with the ACE program which is the baseball all-star program here for black and brown kids. At this point, Ace easily has sent over 500 black and brown dudes away to college on baseball scholarships, right? And the Sox fully fund that. They have the East-West game, uh, the Double Duty Classic, right? The Ted Ratcliffe Double Duty Classic. Uh, Every year I take their top brass on like a Negro League tour to talk about how – um, before Reinsdorf, how Comiskey had a relationship with uh, Rube Foster and would allow them to play games at Comiskey and, and, and how the Negro League All-Stars started right there on the south side. Uh, they do fund a lot of amazing not-for-profit programs. Um, and to my knowledge, that has been ticking up, right? So I think it's fair to say it wasn't historically always true, um, but it is now on the uptick. And so that leads me to believe that they certainly care about being the south side's team, um, formerly, it used to crack me up as a Sox fan. You see that the baseball field in Augell Gardens on 130th was sponsored by the Cubs. You see, <laughs> you know, you see the baseball field in Chatham sponsored by the Cubs, and now you're seeing more White Sox sponsored baseball fields in in Inglewood at Ogden Park and and those type of things. So um, 
if that continues, if what if you use your net benefit and the new money that you're acquiring by moving the baseball stadium to the 78, but you still keep your tentacles on the south side, then I think that's an amazing thing. But we all got to be honest before it all happens, right? It's going to change the south side. It's going to uh, affect the vitality of Bridgeport, and it's going to potentially expedite the gentrification of Pullman. I mean, of uh, Pilsen, and if you know these things going in, then you should kind of like activate on them to 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 protect those spaces. And like I said, I think a great uh, gesture would be like, hey, we're moving, but thirty percent of these jobs are going to go to folks who came from Bridgeport, back of the yards, because you guys been holding us down for one hundred twenty years, right? We owe you one. Uh, before we let you go, what do you make of this very public? Kevin Warren and Mayor Johnson, they're kind of flirting with each other a little bit. They always are in photo ops together. They bought this land out in Arlington Heights, but now they want to be in Chicago, or so they say. What do you think is the path forward for for the Bears in the city if there well, is you know, one? Kevin Warren probably fell in love with this place in his previous job, right, as Big Ten Commish, yeah. and then anchoring himself here. Uh, so I, I can see why he, he loves this place. And actually, you know, if I was the Bears, I'd be a little mad. Like, hey, what, look, give us some of that 78 space. I, 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 um, I, the example I give people all the time is you get out your car on the corner of Roosevelt, Michigan at 11 a.m., and the game starts at noon, are you in your seat? No. Nope. The answer is no. <laughs> right. right. The answer is no. And so what do you do about that? Like that? that's just a, in any other place, in any other NFL stadium, if you're four blocks away from the stadium, an hour ahead, you're going <laughs> to make good. it. You, should, you, be you right. should be good. But, no, if you get out that Uber on Michigan and Roosevelt, you're in some trouble. So I think we got to figure something out. I'm a historian. I hate changing anything. But I, I do think in this instance, we might have to back off of our don't build on Lakeshore Drive rule a little bit and let them throw up a parking lot in a hotel over there uh, with that same kind of thing in mind. Like, you're going to make sure that – uh, kids from marginalized spaces uh, have access to the job training in those places and that uh, where you are affecting uh, preservation in one space, you drop some money in another space to help preserve other things. There's other things around Chicago that could use some preservation, not just Lakeshore Drive and park spaces. Uh, but I do see the, if Kevin Warren's smart, then, yeah, you, you certainly, you know, defriend uh, uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson. And, and you do it in a genuine way because uh, I say it every day, man, a rising tide raises all ships. It shouldn't be, um, you know, this or that. There, there, there are sometimes we can have an and, you know what I mean? There's sometimes we can we can meet in the middle and, and make it better for everybody. Chicago would lose with them going out to Arlington Heights, no matter how you slice that pickle. So, uh, you're, you're a valuable voice to have on this stuff, man. Thanks for lending it to us for a little while. I'm uh, super happy to be here. Thank you, Dilla. That is uh, Sherman Dilla Thomas. Check it out, chicagomahogany.com. Go on a tour, buy a hoodie, buy some merch, support it, man. It's an incredible story of a guy who started doing some videos about history on TikTok, and now he's built it into this whole thing that reps the best of this city. So uh, thank you again for coming in. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I was listening to those two gizmos giving you a hard time. And- Are we talking Parkinson Spiegel? You got My it. guys. Yeah. Afternoons on the score. You can come see us, by the way. A couple of gizmos. Yeah, a couple of gizmos. With five other gizmos. That's going to be a crowded room. What all these gizmos in. 
Mully Haw, Dan, Lawrence, Layla, Speaks, myself, noon to three. We'll get you ready for the big game. We'll be at Benchmark in Old Town this Sunday, broadcasting from noon to the, all seven of us on the air for three hours. Your admission, got to have the Circus Sports app on your phone with 100 bucks in it. So just have uh, your account locked and loaded. There's going to be like a DJ there. There's going to be free food. All of us are. Shane's going to be there. Dustin is going to be there. That's worth it. Dustin's going to be there. So that's worth it, Shane, I've been told. Yeah. Shane and Dustin planning the programming. I, I think we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, among other things. No. I think there's been too much planning. Wow, well, that was great. What a moment. <laughs> <laughs> haven't heard that since Friday. It's our new favorite drop. I laughed about that to myself all weekend. I kept on saying it in my head. What a wow. moment. That was great. Wow, what a moment. <laughs> what, what a moment. It's amazing. Too much, so cute. Too much planning, Danny? That's not you. I, well, listen. You for, like planning. I do like planning, but I don't, not for transition. And that's just with four people. And we're going to have seven people. It's going to be chaos. It should be chaos. It should be delightful chaos. I just want it to be chaos. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't talk. Good. Yeah, you're not allowed. God, that's the best. It's part of the planning. That's fine. It's part of the planning. Did I say that part out loud, Danny? <laughs> so all my- I got all I got to do is show up and do the circuit reads and eat Sit the food there and look and, pretty. And drink. Yeah, you got a fresh haircut. You put it out. That. You're you put you, it out. You, you will be ready and fine. You put it out. I'm he's he's going to do the circuit reads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't do them. I'll do the circuit reads. I'll handle that. I won't do them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll handle that part of the broadcast. Good. You guys can handle all the sports It'll be good. It, we, you know, we're, we, we, we had a little production meeting. We're going to have, you know, Molly drive the first hour. Okay. Dan and, and Lawrence drive the second. When one of you guys drive the third, it'll be easy. It's Just fine. a bunch of guys being dudes hanging out, being bros. Yeah. And, and, and Layla. Layla. <laughs> What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Layla's a better bro than the majority of my bros. Whoa. So yeah, yeah, true. She's a good bro. She, she, Layla's a great. Layla can hang with anyone. Yeah. Yep. You, got, you guys all She's hung out on Friday. We noticed uh, me and Danny did not get the invite for the hang on Friday. <laughs> okay. I couldn't help but notice that. Okay. Did you pick that up, Danny? Well, okay. <laughs> I did notice that, but I wasn't. Gonna we're bring not, it. I think we're not going to get the next one now that I said it out loud. Yeah. I just want to race, Daddy. <laughs> uh, also, we barely got the invite, so. <laughs> Sorry, I was invited curling the next day. I chose against it. You know. That sounds fun. Curling? That sounds fun. That was With not a machine. Sox <laughs> machine. Congrats to James Fegan getting hired over at Sox Machine, man. That is woo, that is a blog dynasty in the making. Yeah, no, I'm glad he's got a gig following the White Sox. The Sox need as many beat writers as they can get, and mm-hmm. Fegan is very good. So congratulations to Sox Machine and James Fegan for making that work. And that he'll still be on that beat is uh, is a very good thing for baseball coverage. I completely agree. Town. Did you get everything out that you needed to get out about the uh, the circa I event? Did. I did. We're covered. I did. I think we're covered. But we'll, we'll get more out of uh, over you ever the course have a of the great week. Valpolicella Ripasso. No, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's an Italian wine. <laughs> Dan will be there though. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. What hour is Dan going to be there? Yeah, just, they'll be there. We're all going to be there. For I told the Dan we're time. the broadcast from nine to noon. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. There's forensic accounting research that needs to be done. Wow. What? There's no kink shaming on the score, but I'm going to go ahead and shame his kink for forensic accounting. I miss Jalen Johnson. Let's see if we can figure out what the hell he's talking about next on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. It's a disgusting way to do talk radio, isn't it? Afternoons on the score. 118, all set. Looks right. 
Incomplete looking for Allen. No flies. And the NFC rushes the field as they celebrate what will be a second consecutive Pro Bowl victory. Today's supposed to be fun, and it is. But this reminder when it's done, you came down to Orlando, you'd rather win. What happens? Watch, he wiggles and then breaks out. You're going to see Jamar win eventually. This is great patience, patience right there. Oh, he's there. He had him. He had him. It's great patience by Jamar and Naral. CJ trying to make something happen. Keenan's been the go-to guy. Jalen Johnson, great job in coverage. More to come from Orlando as the NFC celebrates its 64-59 to win. You, it was in the promo, so it must be true. You are our Pro Bowl correspondent. Yeah, man. I'm your guy. I only saw videos that came onto my Twitter account. I didn't watch a second of it on my television. Gotcha. But I didn't avoid it. It just wasn't a part of my life. But it, then I saw Jalen Johnson make that play. That was cool. It, it was a part of my life for a few hours on Sunday. Wow. And um, it, it wasn't like the sole part of my life. It was like, you know, sometimes you get that time alone in the house. Anybody? Well, Shane, you know, but like Danny, you know. <laughs> come on, dude. I'm like, sorry, man, I love you. I'm sorry. I like the alone time. <laughs> I, I, I envy it. I, it's hard to get sometimes. No, it's super easy for me. <laughs> you're better. Hey, man, you're the one who posted a picture the other night of you hanging out with your friends. That's what you said. And it was what? Your dog and there was a, a stuffed animal or something, right? Didn't you do that? I think I tweeted, I'm going to have beers with my friends, and then I went and did that. Oh, I thought it, you said, but you showed the picture. It was picture. a picture of Willie. I just tweeted, I'm going to have beers with my friends. <laughs> I read that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you were just assuming. You thought the, the friend was the dog? I thought the friends were the dog and, the, and the Willie toy. Friend. Yeah, I got it's it. man's best That's friend. my mistake. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, but Ron anyway, I, have, yeah, I, had the, uh, I had the game on. And I was just texting people and just kind of tooling around the house, thinking about stuff. I was ideating for the show. You oh, know good. what I mean? Yeah. It was a great little backdrop. And I, I like seeing the football players without the helmets on. Like, you see who they are, and they're wearing their, their jerseys, and you see the skills. It'd be cool if they could play football without helmets so we could get to know them, except for, you know, all of the dangerous stuff. Of course. So <laughs> this is that opportunity, Dan. Yeah. I, well, saw, I saw Jamar Chase make an unbelievable catch on a perfect ball from C.J. Stroud as he was running to his left, and it was, it was cool to watch. Like, the, it, it, everything. So I, I, I'm that guy. Maybe I'm alone. I appear to be alone. I, I think... You're alone. Okay. I think you're alone. Right. I think I think you're alone. I think I'm alone. I now. think I think you're alone. Um, Doesn't seem to be anyone around. I think you are alone. Uh, Children behave. Anyway, yeah, Jalen Johnson, big play. So great song. He uh, <laughs> listen. I'm all for them trying other things. And the Pro Bowl, it used to get like 10 million people to watch it. You know what I mean? People watch anything that has the NFL associated. It also it. used so, to so you're, suck. You're, you're definitely not alone. It sucked for a good 20 years. It was slowly in decay where, like, guys would just, like, jump down onto the ground and then be touched, and they'd call that a tackle, you know? Yes, absolutely. Because well, so who wants to get injured? During the, honestly, I'm so fragile that I saw Jalen Johnson dive and make that play, uh-huh. and I was like, ooh, going a little hard. <laughs> Buddy in flag in flag football going to the ground? You know what? Falling to the ground without pads on I in re- a contract year? Yeah. I, wouldn't be me. Yeah, I hear you. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm not even kidding. I was I was watching him. I was like, 
Yeah, this guy really loves competing. You know, I realize there's another reason why I have such an affinity for the flag football, and that's because I played the game at a high level. Oh, Jesus Christ. I played three years of big-time intramural flag football in college as the center and the nose tackle and the play caller for the mighty Sequoias. Yeah. And so I see this, and it brings back a lot of memories, and I, I find myself judging the flag pulls and, uh, and, and everything, the play design and, and, and all of it. Okay. Played it very did you notice way. yourself out there in uh, the, the flag footballers? Um, they only, who, did you, who were you most like, Jamar Chase or C.J. Stroud? Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. They only, he's the center, and they only use one lineman. Because <laughs> <laughs> he can block everybody. everybody. Yeah, yeah. There's one offensive lineman. It's so weird. Just all of a sudden, just in the crouch, like for the entire play for no reason. You know, like. <laughs> right. She's just hanging around down there, just kind of waiting. Hey, look, there's a pass rusher. Oh, look at him. Going oh, hey, you weren't alone. Th- Tanny watched some, too. Yeah, I sat in the meeting. Yeah, like it, it had like a baseball spring training kind of vibe yesterday because the weather was so nice. Yes. And I just threw it on, and I was mining for Jalen content. And, and then they started playing the skills competitions in the middle, yes. and then I just fell asleep. And then <laughs> so I woke got up a nap. to the final call, and then I was like, oh, okay, cool. I got what I needed, and I could have seen it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Great. Exactly. Great day. If they don't have the linemen, how do they get the ball? The quarterback can't just, I don't know, start with it. <laughs> nope. They, it is snapped to him by the center. How stupid. He's right there. And it, it shouldn't be a current center either. It should be like an old like an old center. I'm right here. No, like one who actually played oh, in the NFL. Oh. Like Olin. You, you know what you would have enjoyed, Shane, is the hat choices. Everybody had their choice of hat, their NFC hat or AFC hat. Those are the two teams. You could wear the baseball cap. Or you could wear the toque, like the snow hat, and some guys were wearing that. What? Yeah, the like the the, the what do they call? It? I call it a toque. But beanie, you know, winter hat, the beanie, whatever. The beanie, the also winter speaks. Hat. I watched it. Oh, okay, you, good. You, you just assumed that I didn't watch the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Jay, you think, would have enjoyed this. They I, had hats on. You were out with all those friends. You keep bragging about. <laughs> oh Jesus, Lord! <laughs> Come on. I'm just trying to tie the room together. And then there was Danny. the bucket hat, which is the a really fun hat. vibe. Yeah. Yes, the bucket hat. Jason Kelsey used the bucket hat with the front pulled up. So you can choose your own hat. What a great game that is. Amazing. That was one of the games they played at halftime. <laughs> they all went over and chose the hat. So now I'm the guy who's alone. The three of you watched the Pro Bowl. Yeah, we Very did. Impressed. Well, because we care about the show. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. And yeah, we were all together. Yeah. No. <laughs> so Jalen Johnson uh, afterwards, or not, he has the play of the game. He was, you know, he's always asked about his contract, but the Bears put out a, a video with him and their other defensive Pro Bowler, Montez Sweat. And let's, uh, we've talked to Jalen a lot. We feel like we know. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. We listen to a lot of Montez. And we talk to Jalen a lot. Let's, uh, let's, let's see if we can decode this a little bit. Yes, sir. I had a Pro Bowl, man. We got that dub, man. Hey, got Manana's on the way. On me, bet out. Got Manana's on the way? Hey, got Manana's on the way. On me, bet out. On me, bear down. That's Montez. <laughs> What a special, sunny episode of That's Montez. Hey, that manana's on the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Sweat family goes on vacation. <laughs> and plays flag football. I got to be honest, I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I, I, I got to be honest. I don't know either. I thought I had a theory. I don't have. I, Can I that the... manana's on hey, the way. that manana's on the way. Oh, me, bet out. <laughs> On me, bear down. Manana's. What are manana's? Well, manana means tomorrow. I know. 
So, so tomorrow's, tomorrow's on tomorrow's on the way. And Montez says it's on him. He's in charge of tomorrow's. Tomorrow is always on the way. It's I feel like it's, it it's always going to be right there. Yep. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Montez doesn't need to enable manana. Yeah. It's like it's just coming no matter what Montez does. Hey, that manana's on the way. On me, bet out. Is there is there more? Do we have more context for that? <laughs> Ooh, seven seconds. Damn it, that I got nothing. All right. What was your theory? I, was, I thought you knew what was going on. I, I didn't. I thought I thought like it was like, oh, you know, every time they all talk about Jalen Johnson, all yeah. they talk about is how he's about to get paid. Yes. Because he's been like the least uh, secretive or, you know, what that'll work itself out or that's why I have an agent or time will. He, every athlete in the world just handles all that stuff with cliches until there's a breaking point. Mm-hmm. He's been like, nope, I'm at my breaking point the entire time. Keep asking me about yeah. it. Like that, That's how he's handled this the whole season. And so the whole team has been campaigning for it. So I just assume, oh, Montez Sweat's talking about Jalen Johnson. It must be money. So it, maybe it is. I, it's what it's got to be. It does manana. Um, it does manana mean money on, I don't know. on some level. Could even though it sounds less cool. I don't, incorrect. I, I don't know. Hey, that money on the way. On me, bet out. Yeah, it, it's got to be. Yeah, I think Twitch has it nailed. They called us the most Caucasian show on the score. Yeah. Like, by numbers, it's that's true. Is Dillis still in the building? We need it. We need I walked him out down by Sonic. He's at, he's at James right now. I can go get him. Is he really? Go get him. I'll go, I'll bring him he's the coolest, man. No? <laughs> you don't think he'd appreciate it? I don't know. But technically, we are the most Caucasian show on the score. Uh, yeah. We are yeah, by numbers. Not proud of that. We are 100 percent Caucasian. Oh, the other, man. other shows are 75. percent We need Montez. Yeah, empanadas on the way suggests a Latin, <laughs> a Latin listener. Hey, that manana's on the way. <laughs> That's not empanadas. But if empanadas were on the way, I'd be psyched. My brother-in-law makes great empanadas. Had some yesterday. You're welcome for that knowledge. Someone said that makes your life better. Slang that it is that it is that it is slang for money. It's possible because that would go along with that. Was your theory? Munyan, munyan is slang for money or cash. Run it back, Tanny. I don't hear munyan. Hey, that munyan is on the way. Oh, that yeah. that munyan is on the way. Yep, that's what he's saying. That is exactly <laughs> what he's saying. All right, so that's uh, that's Montez. All right, we figured it out. Yeah, the money's on the way. Texture says on me equals Montez sweat agrees. Damn, y'all are white. No, God, no, I knew the on me part. <laughs> I didn't. I thought he meant it was on him. No, that he was no, in charge he's not of it. Picking up the tab. Mm-hmm. Some not... folks say on God, <laughs> but like some people take it to the next level, super egotistical. Hey, on me, on me. So I hope that's what he's doing right there. And because I love that about Tez, if that's what he's doing. Yeah, that was in the pilot. I forgot that was in the pilot episode. <laughs> he did equate himself to that in the pilot, and it, it never made the cut. I well, forgot when we were well, doing you that. Well, you need a good, healthy arrogance to be a football player. So maybe you need to believe that you're God on some level. Yeah. That manyan is... <laughs> hey, that manyan is on the way. On me, bear down. On me, bear down. It's Bam! Okay. Right, Got so, it. We decoded with so the, the help of our listeners. Are gonna be, Montez Sweat guarantees that the Bears will be paying Jalen Johnson soon. Yeah. All right, I feel better. Bear Hold down. On, say bears. You know, he said bear down. No, I know, but it doesn't guarantee the bears will pay him. Mm. That's true. <laughs> but but Ryan Pohl <laughs> said he's traded. Not, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan Pohl said he's not going anywhere. I don't think he's going anywhere. Of course, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. He's gonna, I, I, he's going to get franchise tagged. They will negotiate through it. There might be, if it gets real ugly, 
it might be training camp holdout situation. Because mm. J- the, the franchise tag now is actually underpaying Jalen. Because if he thinks that he should be the highest paid corner in the NFL, and that's the average of the top 10 highest paid corners in the NFL, by definition, that is underpaying. I, I it's good- not that underpaid. It's two, three million a season uh-huh. underpaid. You know what I mean? But it is underpaid. And it's a massive raise from going from what he made a couple million bucks to 20 million that he'd make on the franchise tag. Yeah. So it's a, uh, yeah, I think, I think they're going to, I think they're going to work it out. I, I've got a tag. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 I mean, the, even it, even if it's after the tag, I, yeah, I, don't, I, do too. I don't think the tag is going to cause the rancor that sometimes it does because I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm being a little naive uh, about it, but I feel like the way polls has said, he's not going anywhere. The way Jalen has communicated about it and been upfront about it, um, it, it just makes all the sense in the world. You don't want to force Tyreek Stevenson into being your number one and create an incredible dearth that you have to draft then for a corner. Like Polls said, if we let him go, then we'd just be looking for another Jalen Johnson. You have money in space. This is why your cap guys get paid. Figure it out and negotiate. And he hasn't done it yet, but this is a guy... One of your own. I guess he did it with Komet. So this would be the second the second big one to work out. Yeah, I mean, and he, he signed Sweat. Signed Sweat. But not not his own guy. Right. Yeah. It, no, I, again, I think it will happen. I think it will happen with the franchise tag as a thing. And the question is just how long is it going to take after they issue him mm-hmm. the franchise tag? Like, I could see him playing the year on the franchise tag. And that be the ugly version of this. Because that's not a long-term deal that keeps it as a topic of conversation. Yeah. It opens up getting tagged a second time. It doesn't give him a long-term security for risk of injury. Like that's the if that happens, that means there's a bad. There's something. Jalen Jalen will not be happy if he actually goes into week one on the franchise tag. If he goes into training camp having not signed the franchise tag, there will be a holdout. But hopefully, it's negotiated in the coming months off of that. I found myself really happy for him watching him yesterday in that game. He just, he he looked like he belonged. It's interesting watching his body language and how he plays because we've watched and dissected it so much. He he moves differently as an athlete and plays the position differently than Deron Bland, who's out there, and these other guys who are out there. You're like, oh, yeah, there's Jalen. I see see what, you know, just kind of watching him was fun and he just had such a good time and he clearly has felt the validation that he deserves to feel as a pro bowler you know it's yeah, like I mean, it was a big, it's a big deal it's a big deal and it's it's a hell of a year and and I'll go ahead and admit the bias from our from our conversations i mean it's hard not to n- not not to feel that once you've actually gotten to talk to the man the way that we have i i i want him to be rewarded and i also think it would be sensible uh, to reward him at this point in the Bears' life cycle. Yeah, I I, I agree completely. Uh, was there was there conspiracy happening at your at your Pro Bowl? There's conspiracy everywhere in the NFL right now. Well, in the world, yeah, there's conspiracy everywhere in the world right uh-huh. now. All uh-huh. right, but what happened at the Pro? This is the conspiracy. This is the conspiracy that I can handle. I think this is connected <laughs> to Roger Goodell holding his press conference tonight at six o'clock by invitation only. Myself. Okay, so this is it's just the air of conspiracy around the NFL right now. This is Peyton Manning's kid, who I, I believe was a ball boy yesterday. How did he get that job? I don't know. 
So, so Peyton and Eli are coaching. Okay, Peyton Manning's son talking to Eli, Uncle Eli Manning here. Yeah, Eli did the better. What's up, punk? No refs won the game. Refs, you know, well. Scripted. Scripted. Dude thinks punk. the Pro Bowl is scripted. Kids will 10, 12. But All right. To I me, like it. It goes with. The story that Boomer Esiason told. On- By the way, the Raven fans couldn't oh, have been any nicer that. at the stadium and even in, in this situation for the most part. Yeah. Except for one total asswipe bag. Talk to us about how the NFL's rigged. Oh, God. But coach decides that to get into some sort of discussion with oh, him. Oh, no. Sort of Why? And, and I'm like, I'm still. And, and coach is awesome, right? Cause he, but he'll defend the NFL. Like, I don't want to hear this crap from some drunk ass fan who just lost a bet. Man, so somebody goes up to the CBS crew and is just like going after them about how the NFL is fixed. And you're seeing this stuff out there in the social media bloodstream, aren't you? Well, of course. But about everything, man. About presidential politics, about the city, about Caleb Williams, about, you know what I mean? We are a conspiratorial person and we have toxic internet brain and you can go down a YouTube rabbit hole and it's very... On just about anything. On anything. And it's super easy to Photoshop graphics to make things look representative. And it's like, look, this graphic says this statistic of about whatever. And it it looks like it could have been a graphic that was shared on the news. Uh News networks can say that they're on the news when they're not news and it's commentary. You know what I mean? It's confusing. It is confusing. Out, out there. And so, yeah. You got somebody like that in your family? I, I do. Anybody Anybody have one of those in your family? The hardcore conspiracy theorist, everything is, is rigged I, I, and fixed. I, I think that in the last... Damn, is it me? I'm thinking of my family. I'm like, oh, it might be me. <laughs> I, I think that everybody in the last eight years, nine years, has probably had some conversations with people in their friend group or their family uh-huh. where all of a sudden you look around and you're like... Oh boy, the plot has been lost here. Yeah, right. Aaron Rodgers does it every Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like, it, I have a feeling that's part of why his family doesn't talk to him anymore. I think it might. I think the two might be related. It's a theory. I think the glad two- that uh, Jimmy is not on the list. I don't think uh, he's the P word. I totally understand how serious an allegation of pedophilia would be. Oh my God! Good. That's good. good. Even uh, if it uh, took a comeuppance uh, for you to. You know. I'm glad you understand that. Welcome. Welcome to the rest of us. After you made it. (laughs) But seriously, you're right. You're right. And it is a sad commentary on today's society how much of it is infected with internet brain. Yeah. I I, I agree. But. We've we've rotted and it's uh, beyond saving. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's no going back. But. And we're completely screwed. You want to know why this show works, though? We just had a caller call in right now on line one. He said. Hey, I don't want to get on. I just want to let you know I'm here, and they might put a bear stadium up there by the I-88 corridor <laughs> or by the Top Golf. I don't know if you guys are talking about it yet. Is that a real person? Yeah, yeah, he real. Just called. Yeah, I'll guy's name. Him. Guy's name is Will. Well, put him on. No, he said he didn't want to come on. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's too bad. That's why this show works. Will knows. These people remember that. Yeah. yeah, Will knows. Yeah, they know. Yeah, but but the NFL is facing a moment here as they and Las Vegas collide. And all their gambling entities are are, are dealing with uh, 
just you know the the influx of money and so many people are starting to believe that the NFL is fixed and say it and do it out there. The NFL and Roger Goodell have some cleanup to do. And I I I know they're fine. Believe me. They're fine. I know they're fine. But I do believe that they are conscious cuz you can't have that. It's the worst thing you can have for a league, as Adam Silver has talked about in, the wake, in the wake of Tim Donaghy and all that. It's like you can't have your fans mistrusting the product. That's right. And if, the, if they're seeds But they're not of the, close to that. You, you Peyton Manning's kid joking in a hot mic during the Pro Bowl uh-huh. that the game was – that the refs scripted the game, that is – 55 million people watch the AFC championship game with Tony Romo stumbling all over himself. Uh, how many of them turned to the people next to them and said, this game is fixed. But who cares? They, they were watching. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, they're, they're not in danger of becoming professional wrestling, which was just sold to Netflix for billions of dollars, by the way. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, and, it, and it's scripted. Like Maybe some people yell that at their television because they lost their same game parlay on the game and said the fix is in. But all they do then is load up the account to make a bet on the second half or the next game. And some people have been saying that without the gambling component for a long, long time. Green Bay gets all the calls. Yeah, Mahomes gets all the calls. Absolutely. I don't know. I think Peyton Manning's 10-year-old kid. You think that's the tipping point for the NFL? I think that's a window into the soul of the NFL viewer, my friend. That he thinks the Pro Bowl is scripted by the refs. All right. That's the crap punk. That's a crap he's hearing in fourth grade. You know? Punk's an underrated word. You like punk? For, for an uncle to call the little kid. Pipsqueak squirt. Stop, punk. Punk. Yeah, punk's a good one. Punk, I could see Eli using punk. I think that one, I can't wait. To punk's a little mean, I think, right? Uh, we'll discuss. We can we can break this down. And then an absolute legend was on the station. We'll get to that as well. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Are you kidding me? Tune in to Twitch. Afternoons on the score. Thank you guys for, but I think it's been, I think it's been, wow, 20 years or so since the last time that I was on the show. I can't think how long back, but it was a long time ago. Was in the car today taking Owen to uh, preschool, and I heard the voice, and I was like, that sounds like Bo Jackson. Can't be-. And then a bow and arrow was referenced, and I'm like, that is Bo Jackson. <laughs> Just an absolute god of a man. Now look at that one. Bo Jackson says hello. You interacted in Kansas City, right? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, at the when the when the All Star Game was there, uh, I just remember his thighs being wider than my torso. Still, and I was just like, this guy is—he's a superhuman individual. I only ever talked to him once in person, and it—it uh, it was short. But yeah, there's there's a few people who I'd find myself, you know both intimidated by and like excited to talk to certain people of, of your youth the coolest i mean yeah we so that it, in person was the all-star game and it was just like a big like media situation there was nothing personal about the dynamic other than it was in person which was cool uh but then rex hudler royals analyst buddy of mine would come in in the off season and call friends mm-hmm. and so bo jackson did like 40 minutes with us one time and it was incredible 
hearing them talk about being teammates with the on the Angels and just answering all of our ridiculous questions, talking to him about the video game, talking to him about his life, all that. Oh, stuff. dig yourself! Yeah, it was it was it was like you were talking to a superhero, talking to him about Tecmo Bowl or Super yeah, Tecmo yeah, Bowl, tech, yeah, exactly, yeah. and just but but all of it just. Because he obviously played for the Royals and ran on the wall and had a real soft spot in his heart for Kansas City mm-hmm. and then New HUD. So he was just open and honest in a way. He's a pretty guarded dude. So there was a great 30 for 30, yep. which hopefully people have seen. Yeah. There's another documentary that the SEC Network put together, um, which was about a time at Auburn when Barkley and Frank Thomas and Bo were all there together. So it was about Barkley and Frank and Bo. If if you can find that one, I I recommend that one uh, heavily as well. But I I found myself thinking about as he's – because he was asked as a former Raider about Mark Davis and, you know, and asked about the Raiders being in in Vegas now. And his answer made me laugh. I I wanted to ask you something about it. And now the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas did you ever think that you would see something like that happen? <laughs> no. But, you know, but I'll tell you this. Mark Davis, but I talked to Mark, who is the owner of the Raiders' son of Al Davis, but I talked to him on a regular basis, and I, he has a mind just like his dad. He has a mind just like his dad. Most people, most people would say that, Al Davis was a real guy, but I worked for the man. The man's a genius, and but in those, but in those genes have been passed on to Mark, and by Mark going to Las Vegas, I but I think it, but in having his own stadium because when he's in California, he's renting from the city. He he was he 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 was renting from the city. Now they got their own stadium, their own state of the art practice facility. Which is, which is like the Taj Mahal, and I think it's good for the city of Los Angeles. Not like they need more tourists there, but it's a it's somewhere where people can go this weekend and enjoy themselves. And I hear not only that, I think the A's are coming there to right. Vegas. So, right. um, so I, hey, more power to Las Vegas. Uh, more power to the Raiders. I think they are in a place to where they are going to thrive and so forth and so on, and I'm looking forward to their future there. So I don't know if Mark Davis has really inherited all of his dad Al's maverick business genius stuff. Yeah, I have no idea. I know his house is weird, (laughs) and his haircut is weird, and Uh he's he's, he's inherited some of the weirdness. Yeah, and he did make himself, did did figure out a way to get his own stadium in a a new place, so that is impressive. What I really like is the idea that they talk a lot, because if you're Mark Davis... Right. He was like 28, 30 when Bo was a Raider. Yes. And absolutely killing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And now you own the team. Wouldn't you talk to Bo Jackson a lot? Like, I'd call him That's a interesting. I'd call him but a I lot. But I talk to him on a regular basis. <laughs> Just, hey. Oh, there's Mark again. <laughs> you think he forwards him to voicemail? Hey, hey, hey Bo, <laughs> you remember that time <laughs> that you ran down the tunnel? Uh, yeah. After you got, you ran the long run and you that ran all awesome. the way down the tunnel. Right. Imagine getting a good morning text from Mark Davis. <laughs> you Mor- are- morning, buddy. What's your Have picture? Have a great day. What's your picture? Just the hair, right? Yeah. It's, it's got to be the, the bowl the cut. The profile picture yeah, is the bowl cut. It's got to be. 
So this is basically you're saying, is that what you would do if you were Mark Davis? You you would just take advantage of the opportunity to call Bo Jackson? Today I'm calling Bo Jackson again. And he's got to answer. Because I might have a money-making opportunity for him. I might. He doesn't but, know. And they are in some businesses together. I see yeah. that Mark is oh, an advisor. he's got advisor. a reason to call him. Yeah, he's got a reason. But, you know. But just Bo. a guy to call. Bo, all right. Yeah. Can you log on? Let's play Tecmo one more time. Tonight, I'll be you. <laughs> they're playing online. Yeah, they're playing they, they've Tecmo. Got, they've got so much money that they're playing Tecmo Bowl online. <laughs> they're playing Tecmo Bowl online, and Mark Davis gets to be Bo Jackson. Oh, he's got to play against Bo Jackson. Uh-huh. That would be tough. It would seem unfair. Yeah, I don't even know if I'll be watching the game. I may be in my man cave fletching arrows or cleaning one of my shotguns from bird hunting. That was a great ending to the interview. <laughs> that was how he talked about what he was going to do during the Super Bowl. He's not going to watch the game? No, he's not interested because the kids are could be his son. Hey, that answer was like, it's like you guys are not going to believe this. But the kids playing this game, they could be my son. I was like, no, 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 I believe it. Uh-huh. That's how time works, Bo. <laughs> I mean, I know we've never thought you would age, <laughs> but you do. I know you're a mythical, you know, you do person. and you have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like if I owned the Red Sox, I'm calling Jim Rice a lot. You know, I'm going to call Jim Rice. Yeah. I'm calling Freddie Lynn. I'm we, talking. We did that one time yeah, we on did. his birthday. <laughs> and yeah. His wife picked up the phone. It was awesome. Well, he his show. birthday. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was great. Well, Mrs. Lynn. Yeah. Uh, this is a radio station in Chicago. You have no idea who we are. We just want to wish your husband a happy birthday. <laughs> I was so happy that day. All-Star Game Grand Slam. I'm in. (laughs) Put me through. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Oh, Chicago. Atlee Hammaker. I remember. Your producer and his father were there in the stands. I remember it well. I'll talk to them. And if I own the White Sox, I'm like, hey, hey, Big Hurt. Hey, Frank, you got time to touch base this morning? (laughs) Want to run some stuff by you, That's what I'm saying. Hey, remember when you got on base at that 480 clip in 1994? (laughs) That's right. That's weird, dude. I do the same thing with Nicky Lopez. (laughs) I call Nicky Lopez all the time. It's my first call in the morning. If I owned the Cubs, Sammy Sosa would be in my Hall of Fame. Yeah, he'd be, you'd get him in your Hall of Fame, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he'd talk to him every day. Right? I, I, I wouldn't would, would care at all about the any of it. There you go. <laughs> you could do it. But you could talk to Sammy. You could make him feel better. You know, Hey, Sammy, look, man, I know the Ricketts family gave you a rough ride, but they're gone. It's my show now. It's my show now. Don't You don't even have to apologize. Sure. Boombox, Corked Bat, uh-huh. Carrie Wood. Remember when you ran out to right field with that American flag? I'd call Roger Clemens and remind him why he's never getting into the Red Sox Hall of Fame. <laughs> Tell him he's not getting in. Be nice. Nikki Lopez, who is a local product. <laughs> he's oh, a local man, Danny. <laughs> there he is. God. The voice of Detroit. Our friend Jason Benetti. Found the Tigers like, hey, Jason Benetti, what do you got going on today? <laughs> right. If you own the Tigers, you could talk to him. He'd be the guy. Not the He'd White Sox. He'd be the guy you could t- call. Not the White Sox anymore. No. Sorry about that. Would have been cool, though. Yeah. Would have been cool if you stayed. I, I just, I love the idea of Mark Davis just being able to, to call him up uh, all the time and just, you know, hang out but and think chat. about it. You can call up a lot of people all the time. You call up your guy from the Red Sox. Yeah. With, I, this, with I, this job, you didn't have to be a billionaire Theo. to do that. I, I texted Theo. I texted Theo, congratulations on, on, on getting to be part owner of the team he grew up like five miles from, you know. I'm trying to think, did you get? Did he say new phone? Did get, who did? Did he get? A, did you get the thanks? I did. You got a thanks. I nice. got a thank. Nice. I got a. I got a thanks, Matt. There you go. Thanks, Aww. Matt. Used my name. That's so nice. Yeah. That's lovely. Congratulations. That's lovely. You know, he and his uh, his good friend from junior high. I forget whether I said this on the air or not. Sam Kennedy, who's now the, is the president of the Boston Red Sox. Yes. They took a road trip as kids to go see their beloved Patriots in the Super Bowl. Against the Bears in New Orleans. 
1986. They they road tripped from Boston to New Orleans without tickets, but ended up with tickets to see the Pats get absolutely freaking plastered. How old was he? He's two years younger than me, so he was six, 16, I guess. Something six, like that. 16 road tripping to New Orleans for the Super Bowl? I think it was that Super Bowl. Now I'm wondering, maybe it was a different Super Bowl. Oh. All right, that yeah. changes the story a changes little bit. Changes the story a little bit. <laughs> was it the Brett Favre Super Bowl where they played the Patriots? Was that New Orleans? That was, <laughs> yeah. that was New Orleans. That was when. That's much later. Yeah. That might be that might be better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I it don't know. It only was for Theo, that's, most likely. That's way, that's that's way later. Yeah. yeah, that's too late. Yeah. That's too late, I think. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I should have had the details locked <laughs> in the story. I'll do, I'll do it in categories on Wednesday. Dude, you just started and hoped to find it along the way. That's what I'm he did. making this call out of obligation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he made the text he, out of obligation. He, he road tripped to a Super Bowl, to a Super Bowl that Bowl. the Patriots were in that they lost in New Orleans. Yes. All right. Th- that's it. Not sure if that's as relevant if it wasn't the Bears Super Bowl. Well, what's, what's relevant is that it with his buddy, who now is yes. the president of the Red Sox, while he's buddy. part owner of the team. That's buddy. crazy. That right? Yeah. No, it is. Didn't you have those dreams in high school of like me and this guy? We're gonna do big things together. Big things coming, as they say. Yeah. And now I wrote a book about Div- Division Three basketball you in the did. NBA. We are gonna sell dozens of copies. We've already sold dozens of copies. Pipeline to the pros. I bought one. It's thank, on its way. Thank you so much. I bought a crate, like I told you. Yeah, I believe you. Uh, how? Yeah, it's available. Buy the book. Help realize some childhood dreams. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Parkinson Spiegel show. I know it's official that I'm a Cub now, and I'm talking to Danny Parkinson. You know what I mean? <laughs> Afternoons on the score. Hey, there's a big game this week. Big game coverage on the score presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit. Solostove.com. I want one of those. You know, I've actually, it's, uh, I'm going to get one for the summer. You are? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been, I, I don't have one. I have a couple friends that have one. Uh, everyone speaks so highly of it. Finally going to make the plunge this summer. Can I put it on a balcony? They have small know. ones. Yeah, that I, I I want one of the small ones. I want one for my balcony. Yeah, six they, inches in diameter. At Costco, they have ones like yep. two, like a set of two tabletop ones. I've got a solo. So I first heard about it when Boomer in one of our national spots. Like, hey, oh, yeah. I even bought one for my crew on the show. And I'm like, oh, Danny and Speakers are going to get us some stolen stoves like right away here. Yeah. I just got to wait. But Boomer eventually, I bought one during COVID and a lot of joy around that fire in the backyard. And it doesn't have to be summer. A lot of cool fall nights. You're back there. Oh, just relaxing. Yeah, get get one sooner than later, I would say. Yeah, well. Uh, it's on the list. On the list. How's the house coming? Uh, you know, it's costing me money every day. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's insane. It's completely insane. I got a shower head situation right now <laughs> that I'm dealing with. Got a waterfall shower head. Yeah. It's lovely. Ooh. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's king bleep. It's, it's... <laughs> but here's the thing. What? Tell me, what's the thing? All right, so here's a little, there's, there's an issue with the. There always is. So, there always is, right? Let me guess. Let me guess. Installation. No, well, well, no, so it already it, improper it was, installation by you. No, 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 not yet. Okay. So we were having some hot water issues and the guy was like, your hot water heater's working great. It's coming up on about time to replace it. Maybe a year or two left, but it's good. And the water is really hot. It's just 
running out really quickly. And this is a 75-gallon tank. Like, that just doesn't make any sense based on what you're talking about is, like, your water consumption is. I'm like, huh, that's strange. And so I'm like, all right, well, figure it out, man. You're the plumber. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know. What I'm like, I'm getting interesting. Noted. <laughs> yeah. Let me know when you have that sorted out. I'm like, I'm Wait, awesome. He's like looking at me like I would have some answers for him. And I'm you're like, like, you're like, well, I'm going to call a hardware I'm store like, for they, you. They take a bath a day. We take showers. They're sure. not that long. There's a washing machine. There's yep. a dishwasher. And it's go time is money. Figure it out. Buddy. <laughs> you know, I'm, like, I'm like, I don't. Everything that we're doing here, he's like, yeah, it all seems pretty normal. It shouldn't be going down that quick. And so he's like, all right, well, I got a little device that'll show how fast water's coming out, which I don't know what that is, but he's got one. It's a water pressure sure. device. And he's like, he's like, all right, so he's like, I'll, I'll go start. Uh, I'll start in the, the kids' bathroom where they take their baths. And he's like, yeah, it's normal. Like, all right, cool. He's like, I'll go now into your shower. Which one do you use? I'm like, I use the, the waterfall. The waterfall, shit. wouldn't you, buddy? Yeah, wouldn't you? King, wait. He turns it on and he goes, well, that's the problem. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, I've never seen a waterfall with this much water pressure. It's normally kind of like a slow, gentle flow. I'm like, I know. That's why I love it. He goes. Is there no restrictor on it? Evidently not, Shane. A little restrictor that goes inside the thing. Ten and, yeah. gallons per minute. <laughs> you don't have tankless in that house? You don't have a tankless water heater? Well, you don't no. have like a water bill where you're like, oh my god, what is happening with this water bill? No, a well, water we bill ha- takes care of that. Okay, water bill Tanny, does that. Tanny, so yes, we do have a high water bill, but we have a pool. And so it's kind of yeah. hard. It's kind of hard to like... 10 gallons a minute? Dude, dude. <laughs> so you can't take anything longer than yeah. a seven and a half minute shower before it's Wow. Can I come over to your uh, shower this summer and fill up my inflatable pool? (laughs) Better rate than my hose in the yard. (laughs) And then you put that inflatable pool on top of the car and drive it back. This has been happening since you lived there? I don't really know. It's been a few years. It's It's been been years. It's been a couple years. I I I assume that there was Mm, a regulator in the shower head that went bad. God, water bill is getting paid way too well at your house. Yeah. Regulator. (laughs) Mount up. Yeah. It was a uh, restrictor. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that. So oh, no I, wonder you love the, the, the so waterfall. Yeah, it's the greatest. It's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Literally a waterfall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what like an eighty-five cent fix. Ooh. But then he's gonna lose the quality that he's become accustomed to. So I don't know how to do that with keeping the shower head and just installing a regulator. What you do is you I unscrew an, it. I, I bought a new waterfall. Put a restrictor in there. I bought a new waterfall shower head that has a restrictor built into it okay i also might have given you the wrong word it might be called a governor is it a governor it's one of those two things i don't know but yeah but i look at it it's like dave kerner he retired 1.8 gallons per minute or 2.5 gallons per minute i'm like i'm gonna get a fourth of the water pressure yeah it's not gonna work and this it's gonna be devastating here's the solution just charge people in the neighborhood to come shower (laughs) at your house You'll make up that water bill in no time. Yeah. Ten bucks. Come shower. I literally had no I'll shower with you just so you feel safe. The plumber was like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) He's like, like, your drain is barely keeping up with it. I'm like, but it's keeping I'm not like showering in a puddle of water. Uh It's keeping up with it. He's like, I know, but this is is a problem. (laughs) You're not going to fix it? You are going to fix it? No, I, I I took it off. Brand new one. It, the ordered the new one. It's yeah. on the way. Okay. And then I'm gonna. I bought some uh, some tape. 
to, good to, <laughs> yeah, plumber's tape. To yeah. plumber's tape. Good to, for you. To put it around the, the nice doohickey. Purchase. That's a good. You, and, you, you crushed it. Yeah, do, and then doohickey. I'm going to screw it back on, and we should be fine. Sounds like it. We'll see. The quality it, of your shower is going to take a, take it's a shot. It's going to decrease significantly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I can't wait for the update to this. Well, guys, I have to move. <laughs> uh, Dude, the, ta- sure. the tankless water heater sounds amazing. It's I pretty- think they're only like a couple grand, too. For like a top-of-the-line tankless water heater is probably like 1500 bucks, 2000 bucks. Ooh, I was quoted significantly more than that. Were you? Yeah. Like, I could be wrong. I don't I, have one. I, I don't know. They, they probably saw Danny coming, yeah. is what I think. <laughs> yeah. I think I was quoted like 10 Gs. Ooh. Yeah. Uh... So someone in Twitch will tell us if we're wrong. Yeah, I think it's closer to ten than fifteen hundred. You know, I was thinking about going to see Angel Falls um, down there in Venezuela. It's supposed to be amazing, or is that Victoria Falls? That's one of the big ones, or Niagara, or I could just go take a shower at Danny's house. <laughs> These yeah. are my options. Yeah, you can go down at Danny's house. You can go down in a barrel, right? That's what people do. I actually, I proposed to my wife at Danny's shower. <laughs> That's romantic. Hey, look, Maid of the Mist. There's the Maid of the Mist. We give out ponchos. The family name on it. Yeah, it's uh, it's embarrassing, guys. So, yeah, just, that's a good point. Like, whenever we don't have something that we know we're going to talk about, just, just ask, ask, how's me, the house doing? ask me about the latest thing at the house yeah. that's costing I, me money. I don't fill a segment. All yeah. right, here we go. Pat Manley's friend Matt just texted me. Uh, it said tankless water heater is about six to seven grand. All right. You're probably a little high. Matt would know, I think. All right. Well, he probably was a little high. It's Danny, but also yeah, yeah. probably installation too, right? That's probably where they upcharged him, right? Yeah. Sure. I mean, I didn't do it. But oh, you wouldn't do the installation on the tankless water heater? <laughs> oh. oh, well, that's why I was. That's why I was. Well, I thought you were going to. That's what he pays the plumber for, or the installer guy. Dude, it was. That it was is. wild when he ten gallons a minute. I'm like, I don't know, is that high? A lot of our listeners saying tankless is the best investment I've ever made in my home. All right, well, so, it's just another thing to spend money on outside of that roof. It's time. Yeah, no, I guess, I guess I guess it's coming up on that time. I'm just glad you put the tape on the doohickey. <laughs> I'm, I'm going, proud, proud I'm of you going, for that. I'm going. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I had to ask the guy at the hardware store how to how to do that. But anyway, coaches are weighing in on what the Bears are going to do. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh hell yeah. Hey guys, you want to figure out what Colin knows versus what Colin thinks? That could be fun, right? Am I the only one who thinks it could be fun? Sources confirm that's not fun. No, I, I, I just... <laughs> seems, seems, seems a blank stare's on fun. Sources confirm that's fun. So we're going to see what Colin Coward knows versus what he thinks about Caleb Williams and the Chicago Bears. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're, we're, we're doing well, Colin. Colin, of course, the herd of Colin Coward, the volume. Hey, Colin, um, I remember once when I was working for Sporting News Radio and I was living in Los Angeles, I was walking my dog, listening to you on the radio, and you made an analogy about getting called up to the big leagues. And you were at ESPN Radio at the time and you said, you know, if you work for Sporting News Radio, you want to get... Get the call to ESPN Radio. And I, I wanted to punch you in the mouth through the radio at the time, sir. I don't like your face. It makes me want to do things to it. Now you're in Chicago and you've done well. It's By the way, I, I'm not trying to be glib. The Sporting News Radio still exists. Uh, it has been in decay. Uh, I believe it's something. It became Yahoo Sports Radio and then SB Nation Radio. So the answer is no. It might <laughs> in some form or fashion. Sounds like the answer is no. 
Colin, thank you for the time today. Thank you, sir. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good weekend. That's Colin Cowherd of The Volume and Fox Sports 1. Not bad. You're nailing it. Thanks, Randy. Yeah, it means a lot. And I don't know what it is about your face, but I want to deliver one of these right in your suck hole. Is there anything I can do to work on that? No, so you not wouldn't... really. It's your face. And I, again, you know, you're doing great, man. This is the Kettling Wine. Yeah. We're all having a great time. Everybody's having fun. You pulled it off. All right. But if you don't change your face, I'm going to change it for you. Okay. Okay. All I can do is take that in and consider it, and I'll just try to do my best version of whatever I think that would be. I, I don't even hear what you're saying right now because your face is driving me okay. nuts. Thanks again, man. One, two, three, and here we go, Tim. Here we go. Here we go, Tim. Here we go, Tony. The Parkins and Spiegel Show, afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Thanks for hanging out, Parkins and Spiegel on The Score. We have had uh, a lot happen since that conversation with Colin Cowherd. Cliff Kingsbury goes to Washington. Lincoln Riley goes on a media tour. And there still is two and a half months until the draft. By the way, I never thought in my life I'd get a chance to tell that story to Colin Cowherd. Yeah, it's cool. It it, it was a pretty neat thing. Um, that it, And it's like... It's it's just funny how life works, you know? That that dude was a king and still is a king yeah. of of the media. And um and at the time I was oh, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. And still not really, but it's just it's just funny and he took it very very well. I enjoyed that conversation a lot. And that conversation resonated over the weekend. I ran into a bunch of people who who were thinking about it because as it turns out, there's a lot of smoke there and you were starting to go through some of the stuff that took place over the weekend. Yeah, you know, and listen, I, I think that a lot of teams want Caleb Williams, and I think Washington, his hometown team, is doing things that they think is in the best interest of their team that happens to have a nice little ancillary benefit of maybe being in the best interest of Caleb Williams in case he wants to apply some pressure, whether it be publicly or through back channels, mm-hmm. to get traded to the hometown team. And... Tom Pelissero talking about multiple first-round picks to move up from two to one in a godfather offer, which would blow up all draft uh, trade value charts. You know what I mean? So there's this story is real. It's not going away. I expect him to be a bear. I think Ryan Poles will ultimately take him, but he's going to listen to all of this stuff. And one of the things that I've just been thinking about a lot is Caleb Williams through what Colin said to us on the air, what he said on his show, and through his history, does seem to value continuity. He went to Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. and then Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma to go to USC, and Caleb Williams looked at a bunch of different options and ultimately chose to follow Lincoln Riley. So when Colin says, yeah, you know, I talked to their camp nine weeks ago, and then they called me last night, but nine weeks ago there was concerns about Eberflus in Chicago and never developing a uh, quarterback and never develop an offense, and there's Dan Quinn, and he's got a four-year mandate, and there's more stability there, and they just gave Cliff Kingsbury a three-year contract as a coordinator. Normally it's two, like, There's stability there, and he knows Kingsbury, and he knows Ingram, the guy who was at Wisconsin to try to recruit him there. Like, Mm -hmm. 
if he does value continuity from college to the pros, like he did from Oklahoma to Southern Cal, maybe that is something that would be appealing. And you've, you know, I agree with him. Like, I think that part of what derailed Mitch was going from Dow Loggins to Matt Nagy. Part of what derailed Fields was going from Matt Nagy to Luke Getze. Yeah. And it's part of why I wanted them to get rid of Eberflus to try to have a clean slate with coach and staff and quarterback for this unprecedented time with the number one pick for the Bears. So maybe Caleb Williams feels the same way. It's a sensible thought process if you're trying to ensure that you become the best version of yourself. I, You know, what he and his dad started to do together at age 10 and I've still been seeing through together all the way through now is like really impressive, you know? And, and his dad has always been involved. When it was time to choose the high school, he chose Gonzaga, the coach of which we talked uh, to uh, with last week or a couple weeks ago. Because, in part, they ran a scheme that was a more modern offense and would translate better to college and the pros. In in the book Quarterback Dads by Teddy Greenstein, it's written about how Carl had a detailed spreadsheet as they were choosing Oklahoma, choosing the first college destination. And he had four main categories and a whole bunch of subcategories to help his son make the decision to attend Oklahoma. And it's all with this idea of being a great NFL quarterback and being the number one overall pick. And wouldn't you want your dad to be helping you like that and give a crap? And you met, you referenced it when it was time to transfer to USC or transfer somewhere. And all these other schools were going for him. Carl Williams had a zoom call with 25 different schools, 25 different schools, a very much involved trying to figure out on his son's behalf what he could help enable. And that's when he famously said, hey, look, it's NFL, not NIL. Want to be the first pick in the draft because the dra- that person can make $40 million. And he's quoted in the book as saying, in 2024, there'll be a significant bump to the salary cap. So Carl knew that was coming. Yeah, man. And they've been plotting this and thinking about it. And if you're a kid with a possible pro future ahead of you, and your dad is involved as long as you don't hate him that's a really good healthy thing i i love it yeah i agree i think that there have been times where the dad seemingly has overstepped a bit and that's why he's very clearly stopped talking and they've hired a publicist and he won't come on the show you know what i mean I, i don't think that that gq quote helped him at all you know it reminds me of when uh rick giolito said on the air that Lucas asked him to stop coming around. Yeah. Stop talking to his pitching coaches. Does, stop talking to media. It doesn't mean that it's he's a bad guy. No. Does, doesn't mean that he's even a net negative. Just passionate cares. Hey, Dad, I don't need this right now. There's a lot of people saying a lot of things about me. I am going to choose. And this is like, it's an interesting PR yeah. strategy. Like, this is a thing that's debated in PR circles. Caleb is very clearly choosing... I'm not saying anything. I'm not responding to every rumor because if I respond to every rumor, all I'll be doing is responding to rumors. Mm -hmm. And then the ones that I don't respond to, you'll assume that they're true because I didn't respond to them. Like he hasn't responded to that. He wanted equity in a team. That was the thing. He has not responded to. There's a list of five teams that he would play for. He hasn't responded to that. He hasn't responded to 
that he won't go to Chicago, that he wants to play at home. You know what I mean? He hasn't responded to any of it. Yeah. Because if he does, that's just all he'll spend his time doing. And so, hey, Dad, stop talking. If I'm not going to talk, you don't talk. Right, and that that is that that is what's happening. I remember remember asking Mike Bryant to come on Hit and Run and talk about Chris, and he did. And then I asked him another time, and he said, "Nope, I just it, 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 it just doesn't seem to be a good idea anymore." Yeah, yeah. And by the way, by the way, we own that. Like the media at large needs to own something that like we can't get to Caleb, but we can get to Carl. Like we have. Sh- Shane slash Pat Mahomes on the show every day, and we've had Patrick Senior on whoa, the show. Whoa, 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 I'm, whoa, I'm sorry, whoa. I should, I, I, should just... I should, I shouldn't have done that. What was I'm that? Sorry. I'm sorry about that. I you said have... Slash. Yeah, yeah. I, Cordell I, Stewart's not in there. I, I'm sure I should not have done that. I'm sorry, but like you know, what I mean? that's messed up, man. Yeah, <laughs> we used to joke that we're Pat's the... pissed too now. <laughs> pissed them both off. That we're the dad show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we are the dad show. Like, they didn't let us get Ryo. Who did we talk to his mom? Who did we talk to? We talked to some very unimpressive players' dads. Um, the pitcher, uh, Trevor Williams. Uh, yeah, Trevor, the guy who, we like guys who make debuts. Trevor Williams' dad. Um, we talked to... Uh, uh, Jack Sawinski's dad. Jack Sawinski's dad. gave me this pink hammer. <laughs> that uh, guy was worth it. Pop we him. love the Sawinski family we on do. Northwest we Side. Do. Yeah, 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 we do. Legendary. Matt Mervis' dad. I, I went up to Matt Mervis's dad at a Cubs game and got his number because we're the dad show. Yeah, that's one thing we do. Yeah, so you know sometimes it's, thing, but so Caleb's like, Dad, if I'm not making headlines, can you stop making headlines? Uh-huh. Because people are, uh, we got a bunch of texts right now. Like, this is a Todd Marinovich situation. I don't think it's that. Well, no, no, no. But but that's the worst of it. That that's the I've referenced that as the potential worst of it, just because we've seen the dad dynamic so many times. Yeah, but I mean we've seen it. I mean. We've seen it. We've seen it in good, healthy ways. Le- people thought Levar Ball was going to ruin his sons' lives and careers. Yeah, and that has not been the case. Right. Lonzo's health has ruined his career. Yeah, I mean the William, the Williams sisters. I mean, how about LeBron right now? Yeah, LeBron is an unbelievable sports dad. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I, but, and, but the and, Williams and sisters, and... the Williams sisters, eventually had to step up and kind of take control of their own lives at the expense of the father. Sure. And that oftentimes does have to happen. Right. But I'm saying I don't have much evidence right now that this is a problem it seems like he's had a son who is spectacular and has known that he was going to be great and he has been helping on the business side of empowering him and it's worked out pretty well He's going to be the number one pick in the draft, and he's already made millions and millions of dollars, and he has a charitable foundation. This is a good point. I think his dad has done a nice job. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, that as a dad, so that's what I'm saying. I want to extend the fist. But that's what I'm saying. It kind of get it gets when it, it feels unfair. Like, oh, Lavar Ball, Todd Marinovich. Lavar Ball did an unbelievable job. No, I know, but you know how his uh, yeah, no, his, how his name because of the bombastic nature of it sure. and some of the headlines. But when you really strip it away and you think about it. Of course, no, agreed. But I'm just saying it's it is a uh, it it should be led with he it's it feels like he's stepped in it a few times because he's not a trained publicist, um, and now he's taking a bit more of a back seat. Yeah, but I don't think that this is going to be a problem when he comes to the Bears, and we should just like I admit when Colin said that thing before we talked about him, I had a little bit of an on air freakout. I have no, I'm, I'm willing to admit I remember that. I was here. Yeah, I've got no problem admitting I was, that. I was here. 
because I because I knew how connected he was to him. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you and, know, and, and, and you and, and you, I had another chance to talk to Colin about it on air or off air. Like it, I, you know, what I, mean? I knew how connected he was and, to and it. And you were facing the possible reality of a strong arm situation, which we don't have assurances of from anybody. In fact, we might have the opposite. It it feels to me like the opposite. It feels to me like other teams are preparing offers to the Bears if Ryan Poles wants to trade the draft rights to Caleb Williams. Mm -hmm. But Ryan Poles, if he wants to draft Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams will come to Chicago. Because I, and what I keep coming back to, it is a better situation than Washington. It is a better situation than Vegas. It is a better situation than New England. It's not a better situation than Green Bay. I mean, it's, it's a not be- a better. It's not a better situation than Kansas City. I don't know if I'd say it's a better. It's a. It's that's a. It's not a home run no brainer that it's a better situation than Washington from Caleb's perspective. He's got his uh, an offensive coordinator who he knows very well and can work with. Shane Waldron, he does know from quarterback collective. Yep. From the camp and stuff. And Shane Waldron has a you know pretty good reputation, but the comfort of Kingsbury is a huge, huge deal. And the I mean, the strong personality of Dan Quinn and yep. that known commodity is a stronger known commodity than Matt Eberflus. And you could say that Terry McLaurin is akin to DJ Moore. Yes, you could. Right. Also, Bobby Ingram is the wide receivers coach there, so he knows him. Yep. And then you've got the proximity to home. Like, but, which, is, but, which is a good and a bad thing. I agree. Right? That, but hey. But Chicago Washington, as a big city is a good thing and, and a bad thing as well. well DC is not a... It's not a small town. No, no, no. But the pressure of of, of Chicago sure, and sure. having to be the first ever great quarterback in the history of of the franchise. I think I think it's actually I think it's pretty damn even. Which is why if if I were I, him, I would I would be. I uh, think the football I, I, side. I'd be, of it, I'd be looking into everything. See, here's where I disagree with you because because the quality of the roster. Yeah, and what does Chicago have to do to get Caleb Williams? Nothing. To draft him, you're right. You're what does Washington have to have do? to give up a ton of assets to get him? Okay, I agree. So I agree that with that. that deplete. So Washington won four games. Chicago won seven. Chicago gets to just draft him and have the ninth pick and have the cap space and all of that and more stuff. Whatever they get for trading Justin Fields, right? To mm-hmm. acquire more stuff for Caleb. Washington has to give stuff up. Yep. In order to get him. Now, That's true. So, 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 that, so that goes against the Washington side. But those other things are pretty good positives. They, they, they are. They, they, they are very good positives. But I'm just saying, like, I, what I keep coming back to is it is totally fair to look at Chicago and say, that's where quarterbacks go to die. How have they had less quarterbacking success than the Cleveland Browns? Like that's that's what every NFL fan thinks about the Bears. That you know what I mean. I do an NFL podcast. I've lived in other parts of the country. I've covered other teams. Like I, NFL fans in Seattle and Jacksonville and Phoenix and you know what I mean? that, that's what they all think about Chicago. So of course it's reasonable right. for when Caleb Williams is looking at the teams uh, that might be able to draft him number sure. one to be like, uh oh, that could be a problem. But then when he actually digs in and looks at this team. Good GM, good cap space, good draft capital, uh, offensive coaching staff that was just hired that we know. At number nine, they'll probably get me some help. Very good defense uh, and young core players on offense at receiver 
tight end, left guard, and right tackle at a minimum. You know what I mean? Like, that's before we talk about Braxton Jones. That's before we talk about um, uh, the right guard who they signed from Atlanta. Why am I blanking on his name? Nate. Signed from Tennessee, Nate Davis. Nate Davis, thank you. Uh, in his prime. Guard, you know what I mean? Like, offensive, four of the five pieces of the offensive line are intact. A really good veteran center in Lucas Patrick. No, oh, no, oh, wait a no, 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 no. That, that part still needs to come. But you no. know what? Like, I, but honestly, like, <laughs> I, I actually think once, you know. like Once he digs into it? Yeah. Because like, I don't agree that with Colin that the, this place is cursed. No, you know, that, like, like when he talks about Carson Palmer and Joe and Kenny Anderson and like, I'm like hey man. And Boomer Esiason, that's irrelevant. That no, was no, irrelevant no. for Joe Burrow. But but what you do have that is relevant is Justin Fields about to be traded after three years, and your perspective as a player and and other former players we know. Uh, and current players believe that Justin has been done wrong and has not been given a chance. And and we know, as I mentioned the other day, that people like Cam Newton feel that way. And I'm sure that Caleb Williams has heard Cam Newton say it or talked to Cam Newton or whatever. Like, So, of course, he probably thinks that in, in recent memory. But what you have to, would have to tell him is say, you know what? We had bad coaches. That's why we changed out our staff. Would you like to talk to Thomas Brown, your passing game coordinator? Would you like to talk to Shane Waldron? Like, let's go. Kerry Joseph, you know? Well, I right, mean, here we are. They, 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 Caleb, bring those guys Caleb in. will have concerns. You'll have to address his concerns. Mm-hmm. But I think Ryan Bowles is going to be able to address his concerns. And as soon as Colin said he won't pull an Elway, he doesn't want to be the villain, I was like, all right, great. Then he's going to be a bear. Yeah. He's going to be a bear. That's that's Until proven otherwise, that's how this is going to go. Um, Taxer, wow, both Colin and 670 should be dubbed spin doctors because the comments were made. 670 turned it into basically breaking news. Now it's the damage control team because Caleb's people called Colin on his nonsense, which 670 perpetuated, and you're trying to massage it away. Who are you crapping? Hmm. Sir, I promise you it's not nonsense. I know, I, you know what, I, I, I don't know. We tried to do the media literacy thing. We tried to do the transparency thing. We talked to Colin about it. It it was it, it was sloppily not, delivered. It is not nonsense. It's not. I don't think it's coincidence what Washington is doing in their coaching staff hirings. They know that this is out there. It this they're going to make an offer to Ryan Poles if they haven't already. You know what I mean? People are going to try to prey on uh, maybe some Caleb curiosity about Chicago. This isn't the Dallas Cowboys. The franchise that everybody wants to go play for, you know what I mean? Like they, they're gonna, they're, people are gonna try, but Ryan Poles is ultimately gonna be able to get his man, and so that's where I think this is gonna go. But there's gonna be, you're gonna have to remind me of this when I have my next freak out. Mm-hmm. So, something's gonna come up again. Could you man. schedule that for me? Because I'm know, busy, man. man. I got Poles stuff posi- going Poles on. position one week from today. Three o'clock. One week from today, the first polls position. Very excited. I know about you're that. excited about That'll that. That'll be three o'clock daily mm-hmm. examining centers and free agents and the ninth pick <laughs> Caleb Williams, Drake may Jaden Daniels, hypothetical trades. What? Okay. I'm a Caleb guy. How much would you have to get to trade down? All that stuff. Is there a dress code? Is there a, is there a dress code for polls position? I don't know. For this year? I don't know. No, no shorts, no shorts. <laughs> I think so, we're all going to be Ryan Poles on the first day, right? I don't want to put too much out there. I'm going to wear my big parka. Oh, yeah. That's good, good luck. Shades. Got, got to get parka and the shades with the collar up. I'm going to be Kevin Warren. 
I'm gonna get, get up at four. <laughs> Lay. Go wash my neighbor's car horizontally to steal your thoughts for the day. Yep. All right, but then eat at Rosemary. Yeah, exactly. So, Sounds pretty good. So he, he and I are so alike. Yeah, you guys are in good good shape. I'll send the professional photographer. Uh, John is in his car. He's on the score. What up, John? Hey guys, how are you doing? We're good, John. Long time, long time listener. First time caller to your show. Uh, I have an idea for the trade. I, I personally think, you know, you should hedge your bets. You know, why spend and, and go crazy on Caleb Williams when there's a ton of teams looking for him? I personally think that if Washington is the team that wants him, I would trade down to that number two spot. After I trade Justin Fields, I'd package what I get from him and include the number nine pick, trade back up, do something bold, and grab Marvin Harrison at four. So you want Drake May and Marvin Harrison? I want Jaden Daniels. Daniels and Marvin Harrison. Jaden Daniels, Excuse Marvin me. Harrison, Correct. and DJ Moore is what you come out of this with. An extra pick. Correct. Wow. An extra pick. And my whole thing, guys, is this. I truly am I'm thinking forward. If you can keep stockpiling draft picks, if Jaden Daniels doesn't pan out, I'm looking at the eye for the future for Arch Manning. I mean, well. let's not be crazy. Because that's two to three years away. No, 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 John, John. At some point, you got to plant a flag on a quarterback, man. At some point, it has to that happen. Is Jaden Daniels is Jaden Daniels. His numbers comparable from the last year. I looked at some articles that showed Caleb Williams' record against top 25. It doesn't compare to Jaden Daniels' top 25. Jaden Daniels is a better pure runner. And he has a better completion percentage, I think, last year. And he's coming out of the same school that Joe Burrows came out of and the same coaching staff that turned him into what we see him as. So I think there's opportunity to get more value and picks in the future. Trade down, hedge your bets in case Jaden doesn't work. You still have that future if you need it. But if you put all your eggs in the Caleb Williams basket and for some reason it doesn't work out, you're blowing everything on the one opportunity. Man, that, All right, John. John has thoughts. John put them together. I like it. And he called us. I mean, I disagree with everything you said, but well, I like the thoughts. I just, I love the unnecessary pluralization of last names. It just makes me so happy. Joe Jaden Burrows. Daniels. Joe Burrows. Oh, okay. I was going to say, Joe it, Burrows. It is. It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Burrows. Yeah. yeah man. Guys, hear me out. On Saturday, I was walking to get my hair cut in, in Logan Square. I walked by this elementary school. There was this nine-year-old throwing darts yeah. to, to some kid. I've got my eyes on him he will be for drafted. 20, 35. You know what? Eli Manning's nephew, punk, like, you know, Peyton's kid at 10. Let's wait on him. Had your bets. Stockpile those draft picks. Stockpile those picks. Hey, kid's man. nine. I'm waiting. Uh, you know, but but he's he did he say. Worked. I totally understand how serious okay. an allegation <laughs> of pedophilia would be. Okay. <laughs> All right, Aaron. The first time I haven't been oh. on your side, brother. Oh. <laughs> he's a quarterback, the kid. He's n- nine. <laughs> Got a big arm. By the way, in Matt Miller's latest mock draft that just dropped this morning on ESPN. I love mock draft season. He's got court, it quarterbacks going one, two, and three. Yeah. Caleb, then Drake May, then Jaden Daniels to New England. And then all three wide receivers go. Really? So he's got Marvin Harrison and Malik Neighbors and Roma Dunze. Yep. And by six, all of those guys are gone. Where's the, Bowers go? Um, Twelve. So Bowers on the board at nine. Bowers on the board at nine, but he had him taking the tackle who is a high school teammate of Caleb's 
I forget which which one it was. It was the Bears taking a tackle who played high school ball with Caleb. So they they it's either the it's either Joe Alt from Notre Dame or oh, the kid from Penn State, right? Olu, f- whatever his last name I, is, that I, I keep forgetting. I, I think that's it. You know, you okay. could you could argue that I should have had that for this. No, segment. it's okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, you could argue that. All right, <laughs> do you want me to? I mean, if you you probably should have had I, that. I, okay. All right. Thanks. Whatever. But, but anyway, it is the Penn State guy. Yeah, Olu. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you very much. Yes. So it's Olumi Olum Muyawa. That's it. For sure. All right. Brandon. Brandon. I'm pointing a thumb at myself for today. I'll, okay. I'll be better tomorrow. No, no, no. Everything's been fine. Do another name. Everything's been fine. Do another name. So Manolulu. That's an all-timer. So that's what he's got going to the Bears. And what's interesting is that he's got the UCLA edge rusher, who I've seen in other mocks, going to the Bears, all the way down at 29. Laiatu Latu. has. Yeah, well, he's got the massive injury issues. That's the deal. That's the deal. But so he's got Bears going Caleb and a tackle at one and nine. Massive injury issues from tripping over that name. (laughs) (laughs) Catch your fall. Yeah, it's good to have fun with names. Yeah, but you got to know them, Pat. It helps. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to. Oh, I mean, it's it's helpful. It, it is. Olu. Helpful. You said it right. Olu. Thank you. It's called Big O. Yeah, from Penn State. That's what I said. Yep. yep. Olu from Penn State. Yeah, you know that. Yeah. And I tried to actually that's do my it. my guy, Big O. <laughs> oh, dog. Hey, the old man. The O-Areno. Oster. Oster's too much. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we I blew far. it. Damn it. We went too far. I'm sorry. All right. There was a $288 million decision made today. We need to discuss it next on The Score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I don't know what's going on with any of it. Afternoons on The Score. First pitch strike from Tyone, the 0-1. Fly ball, left center field, pretty well hit. Back goes Bellinger near the wall at the fence. And that ball is going to be gone for a two-run homer. Bobby Witt Jr. with his 24th home run just to the left of dead center. And just like that, Kansas City wrestles the lead back. 4-3 Royals here in the sixth inning. Bobby Witt Jr., 23 years old. This will be his third season in Major League Baseball. Hmm. Signed an 11-year, $288.8 million contract extension Man. with the Kansas City Royals. Bobby Witt Jr. has an opt-out after the 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th year of the contract. Theoretically, by then, the salaries will have gone up and he will still be young enough to choose to opt out and get even more. That's the idea from the player's perspective, of course. And then after the 11th year, there is a club option that would tack on three years and $89 million to the contract, giving it a potential ceiling of 14 years and $377 million. Of course, the assumption is that Bobby Witt, like you said, is excellent and will opt out for free agency again, and it will much likely, uh, most likely be significantly less than this, but still... Now, there are two teams in baseball that have not given out a nine-figure guaranteed contract. There's only two teams in all of MLB that have not given out a $100 million contract, and they are? The White Sox and the A's. So, there you go. 14 years, 377 is the ceiling. They're also trying, by the way, 
to build a new stadium and want him to be the focal point mm-hmm. of the whole thing. It's, it's interesting. And they've it, spent it, a bunch of money previously on some pitchers, on some starting pitchers, a couple of relievers, not necessarily front of the rotation guys, but certainly viable arms. And uh, they have the highest luxury tax payroll of any team in the American League Central at $161 million. Yeah, so they got a big payroll for a small market team, showing again that any team in baseball could afford one of these contracts. They can't afford six of them necessarily, mm-hmm. but anybody could sign these contracts to any player who they so choose. From the last three years, Corbin Carroll and the Diamondbacks, 111 mil. Brian Reynolds and the Pirates, 106 mil. Jose Ramirez and the Guardians, 141. Julio Rodriguez and the Mariners, 209. Then there's Wander Franco. Uh-oh! Nolan Arenado traded that one away. Fernando Tatis Jr. doesn't look great, but the first four all look pretty good and viable. So it's seven years, $148 bucks. So even if he opts out immediately, like the first time possible, it still is much larger than any contract the White Sox have given out. And it's the second largest contract ever to a player before they hit arbitration. Fernando Tatis Jr. signed 14 years, $340 million. Yeah. Wow. So, pretty insane. It is. Uh... The, 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 econo- the economics of what is doable by any team in baseball if they choose to do it. It's, it, it's amazing what this, this trend has, has been because – I remember years and years ago, it was the Tampa Rays, and I think the Evan Longoria deal was the first one where you're like, wow, why are they doing that? But they were buying out all those arbitration years and like the first two or three years of free agency, so they didn't have to worry about it. And that's what all these all these deals are about. And they're assuming that by the time they get to the end of those, was it 7 and 148? By the time they'd get to the end of 7 and 148, they would have paid a lot in arbitration, had to go through the the hassle and the potential heartbreak of free agency and either watched him walk or signed him to a to a deal that extends way further out. So it's it, it's I mean, good. he's it, one of the best players in baseball, it's, right? It's good and sensible business <laughs> as long as he stays healthy and continues to play very, very, very well, which he ought to. Yeah, he's a, he's a very he's a great young player, without a doubt. Can do just about everything. Can do just about anything, right? Doesn't strike out a ton. Hits triples, steal bases, hits homers. Decent defensive player. Mm-hmm. Uh, all around five tool type. Uh, as a rookie, wits performance matched the hype. Twenty homers, thirty steals. Best in baseball speed in a glove that could grow. So that's pretty ridiculous. But this is how you have to do it. You know, this is how you have to do it if you want to try and be viable. And you said, you know, they're building a stadium. I mean, the Kansas City Royals tweet today. A commitment to our fans, our city, and our team. Putting themselves way out in front saying, this, huh? See this? Yeah. So is there a public money referendum coming for Kansas City? Well, it's a, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, there is. There, there's all sorts of stuff. that's, uh, And it's actually funny. Frank White is like in local politics and is heavily involved in it. So Second mention for Frank White. Yeah, I'm sure. saying it's kind of a contentious uh, situation over there. But, yes, there will be some public money, uh, mm-hmm. funding for the uh, the downtown stadium. Good for them, man. It, it feels a lot like when the Orioles uh, made their deal for Corbin Burns the other day. And I was talking about, like, yeah. it's good to see a team that might be ready uh, like Kansas City, invest as they keep trying to win. And it's good to see a team in, in Baltimore at the end of a rebuild absolutely go for it for a front-of-the-rotation starter. Do we know the name of the first White Sox player who will get a nine-figure contract? Colson Montgomery. That's who you'd bet on? 
Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Like, I think, like, assuming Jerry's still the owner, I think they're not going to do that ever again. The early extension for guys, it blew up in their face, other than Luis Robert, but Moncada, Eloy. Moncada blew up. Eloy blew up. So, Well, Moncada just said he's trying. (laughs) He's going to try this year, is what he said. It worked for me for a while, anyway, in the picks. Yeah, I don't think we know the name of this person. Friday at 3, by the way. Super Bowl pick segment. Very much looking forward to that. If you've never heard it. Owen going to get in there? I mean, I assume Owen will be invited. Yeah, we got to do something. We'll see. Kind of pissed me off last year. Yeah, understand, understandably. Uh, so it's, yeah, a, so it's a good so, question. So, so do we know the White Sox name? No, I don't think we do. You think the name is playing catch with Shane's nine-year-old in the park? Yeah. Kid's got an arm. <laughs> yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure he's got a buddy. Same dude. <laughs> I'll swing back around there this weekend, scope, up, <laughs> scope out some more kids. Good. You don't want to end up on anybody's list. No. Don't do that. It's got. It's just wild, man. That's that's a wild thing. When I saw that. I said, man, the Royals. Yeah, and and anybody can do it, and everybody can do it. And this division is uh, is wide open. There'll be somebody picking the Royals. There'll be there'll be somebody out there saying, "Yep, give me Kansas City in that division." Danny, <laughs> I see the Royals in the in the Super Bowl. I that would be that'd be surprising. That'd be surprising. See, the, the Cubs are not the favorite in the Central. Pretty distant second to the Cardinals mm-hmm. as of right now. Yeah, Cardinals signed a lot of veteran pitchers. I like that. Yeah, they got more moves to make, man. I, I know. What are we, nine days from I, pitchers I, and I, catchers? I know. They have more moves to oh, make. Oh, God, it's going to be so good. I can't wait. in here, seventh inning stretch in the offseason. What wait point for, are yeah, we yeah, on? Yeah, 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 yeah Jed's still in the fifth? No, we're, we're definitely in the sixth, without a doubt. This is an old I mean, top is a pre-pitch seven. clock, okay? The game goes slowly this offseason. Yeah. All right, it drags. Top seven right now. There was stuff over the weekend about Cody Bellinger and the Phillies. I'm not buying that at all. Felt like a a leverage push. One last leverage push. Because if you saw the news items, it was like Bellinger or a pitcher. You know, it's it's stuff like that. And really, when you think about the Phillies, yeah, they've got a hole in center field, but they have two young, cheap, very good defensive players out there in Pache and and Rojas. And they have Castellanos in a corner. They got Schwarber in a corner. And nobody puts Schwarber in a corner. (laughs) Nobody. And Bryce Harper at first base. I I don't think they're going to get Bellinger. I think that was a leverage push. And I think the Cubs will close that deal within the next nine days. They could have had Kevin Pillar. They didn't get him, but they could have had him. Could have had him. We will put a bow on this thing, Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. It's been a long four hours. Afternoons on the score. Let's clear it with the War Department first. Yeah, fun show tomorrow. Roy Wood Jr. at 425. Bill Fickner at 5 o'clock. Man, our guy. He took the Bill's loss hard, didn't he? I think he's like finally able to talk about it. Which is why he's coming on. Boy, we asked him too soon. It's going to be hard not to not to rib him about it. Got to be tender and sensitive with Fickner, like I am with everybody. Wouldn't you guys agree? Famously, yeah, yeah no. But I think it'll be, it'll be nice to have a new painful Bills loss to point out to. Yeah, him. another wide right. You don't. You don't have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which wide right is your favorite, Bill? I, but I, we we genuinely thought that we maybe reached out to him too soon. After that, after, Too soon. after that loss, yeah. we didn't hear from him for a little bit. Like, oh, man, Victor's really taking this one hard. Yeah, it's a tough one. By the way, I very much am enjoying the uh, the reaction. Taney made a great video, uh, the worst take uh, of Shane's thoughts on the movie Goodfellas, spliced in with video clips from the movie. It's on all of our social media channels. You Goodfellas. Check it out on Instagram and Twitter and all of that. Um People, good, good people, good responses well, out people there. People are being, you know, kind of, define good. Yeah, being kind of mean to Shane. There are responses. 
Yeah, there's a lot of them. Though. I've seen them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Oh I usually I like the idea though of of worst take. Not that we should try to have bad takes. I don't but, try. No, no, I know you don't. It comes naturally. But it's I, a gift. I was thinking we could like comparing it to someone who used to sit in that seat. Shep saying he had a zero percent concern about COVID. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was an all timer. Hey Amen. I think uh, the world loves hearing people be loud wrong. I gave you a zero percent on on Tony Larusa being Thanks the manager of the yeah. White Sox. Yeah, you did. I, I I got a lot of submissions for myself you, for worst take. You told us Caleb Williams was going to be a generational talent. I believe it. Yeah, oh, it looks oh, yeah. good. Oh, that one hasn't. He's going to be a bear. Yeah, I know. It's good. Uh, uh, he's, he's, I just want to be cl- like I want to be clear. I'm not making up that take just because we do a radio show. That I was know that. that that was my that was your genuine terrible opinion. Terrible opinion <laughs> that's also objective in my opinion uh, about Goodfellas, which objectively in my opinion not a good movie. Okay, right. but it was terrible. Yeah, I, I thought it was really bad. No, the opinion was bad. Oh, okay. Disagree. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get the same. But, but anyway, it was honest. Okay, I get it. So worst take has to be your honest. Big Shep really thought that COVID was going to be a big nothing. I know, but that's like a factual prediction, right? Mm. This is uh, semantics here, I, I, I suppose. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because the take. So prediction that versus is 100% wrong versus opinion. Versus terrible opinion. Is, right. Embarrassingly horrific opinion. Hmm. Which doesn't yeah. seem to embarrass Well, then him. I guess change is the worst. <laughs> but we all have them, though. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah what are your guys'? Oh, we got to go. You, I'll it's let you bad. know. I gotta, I'll let you know when I find Too bad. We'll thank our guests. Yeah, what did, what did, yeah we had uh, Dilla was in studio. Dilla was in studio, man. That he is a great. very smart and thoughtful dude. I appreciated being able to talk to him about the White Sox Stadium. Go back and listen to it if you're interested in such things. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was really good. It was fascinating. Thank you to Connor O'Donnell and Kevin Lafka. Twitch chat video stream. Thank you, sirs. Gabe Ramirez follows us. Shane Reardon, our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill making us sound better than we are each and every day. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkins and Spiegel. This is The Score. This isn't part of the program. This is impromptu by me. I'm sorry about this afternoon. That, no, please, no. Please, everyone be quiet. Let me just say, it's unacceptable. Today was unacceptable. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.